Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've done that. Well, you say amen and hallelujah. I've just become a new creature. And I will be an immortal someday. Well, we're out of time for tonight. I hope that some of you prayed that prayer with me. So until tomorrow, I want to say good night. God bless. Remember, always, always keep fighting the fight. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have 
denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Thursday, June 16th, 2016. It is about 11 minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is, where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Being live, that means you can participate in the show. 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980 is the uh, call-in number. If you'd prefer to uh, participate in the show a different way, you can do so through our chat room. It's located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. I just got a, uh, well, I didn't just get it, but I got it today, a uh, email from Yahoo telling me that my Yahoo Instant Messenger is going to go away. It's not good enough that they, you know, have basically broken it and uh, it doesn't work right. And they want you to go to their web, okay? Everything they want to do web-based. Why do you think that is? Yeah, easier to track you, easier to, uh, you know, keep everything you've said so they can give it to DHS and all that good stuff. You know, it's just uh, another another layer of surveillance. Anyway, so I'm not giving out the Yahoo Instant Messenger information anymore. Matter of fact, I'm going to be finding another solution because that's the fact is there is always another solution. And uh, I'm just going to be washing my hands of Yahoo pretty much. Uh, I have the same email, American Voice Radio at Gmail also. And I may be shifting over to that because I'm just really getting tired of... Uh, you know, the whole Yahoo fiasco with their little girl running it into the ground. You know, I, I just as soon exit the train before it hits the wall. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, and the, like I said, there's plenty of other solutions. We'll come up with something. That's one thing about this, this uh, industry is that... Uh, it keeps changing and you got to you know you got to adjust with the changes so you know there you go all right somebody in the chat room is mentioning ICQ and yeah uh you know ICQ is old uh but it's always been insecure or should i say non-secure cuz Insecure is like a mental problem, uh, but this is more non-secure, okay? But, hey, folks, you know what? Uh, pretty much everything on the Internet's non-secure. Just keep that in mind, you know? If you don't care what the government thinks and, you know, about what you're saying, which I don't, because you know why I don't? Because it doesn't matter what I say, okay? It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter how tightly wound their panties get over anything I say, because the war is coming, folks. Whether you sit and twiddle your thumbs and try to play nice, or you don't, it doesn't matter. The war is coming. 
All right? You better get ready. And you better get your head right. And you better start realizing who the enemy really is. It's not your neighbor. It's not the Mexican. It's not, the, it's not even the Arab. Okay? Until they are. But who is the enemy, regardless of what they do, is anybody working for the federal government. And then, well, I'm not going to say anybody working for the state authorities, but you're going to have to vet them real careful. But anybody in your state that is a federal employee is your enemy. You had better start getting that through your head. Look, I had to, I, I had to go through this with a friend of mine at the courthouse. I tried to counsel him and tell him, hey, listen, look, uh, that's fine. You know, this was back in the day when everybody was, you know, everybody around here. I, well, not everybody, but I was in groups and knew a lot of people. And everybody in these groups had some sort of court thing going on because everybody was fighting. Everybody was saying, not guilty. You know, I'm not going to comply and, and take them to court and sue them and all these other things. Right. Everybody was a lot more active. Well, I tried to counsel him and tell him, listen, when you go into that courtroom, you better understand one thing. Every single person in that building is your enemy. He didn't believe me. He didn't believe me. He argued with me. This is somebody who was aware, who was actually in a court thing, who was actually fighting the state. Telling me that that's ridiculous, Frank. You're telling me every single person, the clerk, the secretary, all of them are against me in the courthouse? And I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Oh, that's ridiculous, Frank. Okay. Guess what? Two years later, after going through court and being incarcerated for uh, about a month and a half, through uh, some real... Uh, put it this way, he should have never been, he should have been, the case should have been dismissed, but nope. Yeah, after two years of that, he finally came back and said, he said, you know what, you were right. They are all my enemy in that building. Yeah, no joke, buddy. You know what, you want to go get incarcerated? You know, he got incarcerated for about a month and a half. You will be incarcerated and you will never get out. Okay, you will be put in a re-education camp to die there. That's what's going to happen to you unless you start recognizing and identifying your enemy. All these other things are distractions. Oh, the dress-wearing homos that want to use your bathroom are your enemy. Oh, those dirty, rotten, uh, illegal aliens are your enemy. Oh, Black Lives Matter is your enemy. Oh, Whitey's your enemy. Oh, we're all enemies of each other. Well, we're not. Because pretty much even illegal aliens, for the most part, blacks, whites, everybody just kind of wants to live their life. They just want to have a life. That's all. That's what most people want. The psychopaths that are in the government, they don't want that. They don't want anybody to have a life except them. And their life ain't good enough unless they control everything they can see, everything they can think about. Every aspect of everybody else's life has to be under their control or they're not happy. 
because they are empty vessels full of evil. That's what they are. Sorry, you sold your soul to the government for a nice big fat paycheck, and it is a nice big fat paycheck because federal employees get paid twice as much as the exact same job gets paid in the private sector. Yeah, all the way through. You're a janitor working at some company. Yeah, well, the janitor that works for the federal government doing exactly the same job as you makes twice as much. And that goes across the board. Why is that? Why would they do that? They do that to buy your loyalty. To make it so you can't leave. Well, I'll just go be a janitor somewhere else. Yeah, for half the pay. Can you withstand that? Or have you allowed your lifestyle to depend upon your double payment? You see, now, if you leave your job and go be a janitor somewhere else, you'll get half the pay, and uh, you might have to get rid of your boat. You might have to move into a smaller house. You might have to make some real changes in your life, and nobody wants to do that. The government knows this, folks. They're not stupid. We like to say they're stupid because it appears they do stupid things, but they don't do stupid things. The stupid things they do are planned. They have an agenda. They would far, far, far more prefer you view them as stupid than traitors, okay? Because that's what they are. They are traitors. They commit treason every day of the week. They are working actively to destroy your lives and your family's lives and your children's future. This is what they do. This is what they've been doing. You go ahead and argue all day long with me, but I can point to the last 20 years modern history. I don't have to go back through history, although I could. Oh, let's go back to when government was good. And when exactly was that? Huh? When exactly was that? Yeah. Have fun trying to find that. Oh, there was that Tuesday, uh, 190 years ago, when government was good. Okay, fine. Maybe there was a Tuesday that they were good at some time in history. But for the most part, no government's ever been good for the people. Because you know why? Because psychopaths seek government positions. Why? Because they're psychopaths. Oh, let me ask you something. Who in their right mind would want to be president of the United States? Honestly. And you can say, well, you know, somebody who really wants to make a change of this and that, well, that's one naive person. You know, and that might be Donald Trump, but I don't know, man, because now, oh, well, I'm willing to look at uh, the, you know, the no, using the no-fly list as a, uh, 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 you know, a determining factor on whether to deny gun sales. Really? Well, it's been shown over and over again that people who haven't ever done anything wrong or even 
look the wrong way at the government or on the no-fly list. And it takes how many years to get off the no-fly list? Really? Gee, Donald, maybe you ought to pull your head out of your behind and start thinking about this a little bit. You don't need to be going that way. You need to be saying, listen, legal gun owners need to be allowed to carry concealed weapons without any permit anywhere. That's what he needs to be pushing. Constitutional concealed carry to keep and bear arms. Listen, to bear arms is to show people you've got arms. That's to strap a gun on your side. You're bearing arms. When you're walking down the street, everybody can see you have, oh, what's that? That's an arm on the side there. Oh, boy, you know, there's a gun. Wow, ooh, okay, we can all see that. You're bearing guns, okay? You're bearing arms that way. You don't think so? Come on, man, get a dictionary. Learn the language, would you? What, what is it when somebody, uh, an animal bears its teeth at you, huh? It's showing you its teeth. That's what bearing arms is. It's showing people, I have a gun. To keep arms. That means I can keep them. It doesn't say, oh, you can keep them as long as you're bearing them. No, I can keep and bear. Keep and bear. Two things. Not keep or bear. Keep and. So, you know, what's the argument here? There's people out there that, you know, these guys, they actually just, they just get out there and say things. Oh, the Second Amendment was never intended to, uh, you know, uh, for the individuals to have guns. Uh, that was not an uh, individual right. Oh, really? Uh, yes, it is. There's lots of evidence, and, and, and it's simple. Unless you're a liar and a fraud, and you have an agenda, and you're willing to, you know, lie. Uh, let's see. I want to read this one thing to you here. So you understand, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, just the relevant part. The conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to, listen, in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added and as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficial ends of its institution. Do you get that? To prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers. It's meaning the federal government. Who else? I don't have any powers under the Constitution. Only the government has powers under the Constitution. To prevent misconstruction or abuse? Every amendment in the Ten Amendments, the, the Bill of Rights, it's 
all of their purposes, every last one of them, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Second Amendment, all of them are in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of the government's powers. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that the Second Amendment isn't wasn't designed to oh, make it so you can defend your house and your family and keep from getting robbed and all this stuff. Oh, sure. You see, the Founding Fathers figured, well, you already know that. I mean, if you're too stupid to defend yourself <laughs> from attack, if you're so lame you can't defend your own house, or at least try, then you don't deserve to live. This is not about that. This is about the government misconstruing and abusing its power. Now, wait a minute. The right to bear arms, oh, it's not an individual right. It's only for government forces. Really? So we want to give guns to the government to make sure the government doesn't abuse its powers? That's insane thinking. Okay, that is just a clear-cut liar. And you know, you wonder why? They make sure that kids no longer have the ability to reasonably think of things, to be able to think, to figure things out. Because, see, it's not that hard. All you got to do is read the law, and that is the law. How about this? Okay, wait a minute here. We go down to here. How about this? Now, remember, every state was admitted to the Union, their Constitution, the state Constitution, had to be approved by Congress, meaning it had to fall in line with the federal Constitution. The, the idea, the, the rule is that state Constitutions can provide more protections for their people than the federal constitution does. But it cannot provide less. Okay? The federal constitution is nothing but the code. Okay? It's like the building code. It's the bare minimum. This is the bare minimum of protections you have. The states can give you more protections if they like, but they don't have to. They can, just, they can basically just copy the federal constitution if they wanted to, but most states got their own, and they have, for the most part, better protections than the federal constitution. And plus, you know, uh, where do you live? I don't know. I live in the state of Oregon, one of the several states of the Union, the Perpetual Union, styled in the Articles of Confederation, which, by the way, was never repealed it was amended by this Constitution, so it still exists in law. But let's listen to the, what the Oregon Constitution, for instance, has to say about it, because you know the thing is this argument about, oh, it's not an individual right. Really? Okay, well, here we go. Sex, Article 1, Section 27, Oregon Constitution. The people. Uh-oh. The people? shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves 
What? The people defending themselves? So that sounds like an individual right to me. The people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state. But the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil power. Wow, doesn't sound like a military right to me, does it to you? And keep in mind that Oregon would not have been allowed into the Union if their Constitution conflicted with the United States Constitution. Yeah. So, you know, their argument is completely without merit. But it, it goes on. Because why? Because the liberal judges throughout the country, they want it to be that way. So anybody comes in and says, well, it's not an individual right. It says militia, and that means militia. <gasps> oh, my gosh, that's so intelligent. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised those founding fathers and everybody throughout history never saw that. Wow, you're a genius. Well, we rule in your favor. Everybody has to give up their guns now. Oh, oh, there's one other thing, too, folks. Guess what? You can be against the militia or being in the militia. You can be, you know, scared of the militia. You can think the militia is some kind of crackpot, bunch of, you know, crazy people or whatever. Uh, but I got bad news for you. If you're an able-bodied American, you're in the militia. Yeah, that's what, uh, I think it's Title 10. That's what it says. You're in the militia, whether you like it or not. If you consider yourself a United States citizen, a citizen of the United States, a citizen of the state, and it doesn't, it's not just U.S. citizen, okay? It is a citizen of the United States of America based on your citizenship in your state of the union. That's the only kind of citizen of the United States of America that truly exists. Everything else is a fraud created by a corporation sitting in Washington, D.C., usurping the power of the people and become, and has become an occupying force on this land. That's what that is. But hey, if you're able-bodied, you're in the militia. So guess what? Fine. The right to bear arms federally is only for the militia? Well, everybody's in the militia. <laughs> so anyway, but that's not the truth at all, obviously. Read your state constitution. See what it says. Now, some states are not as good as the other. The southern states are not as good, and the reason why is because their constitutions were forced to be rewritten by the Union after they were defeated. Yeah, that's what happened. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a bit. Tear down the mailbox, rip up the floor, smash out the windows and knock down the door. We're gonna rock, rock this joint, we're gonna rock, rock this joint, we're gonna rock, rock this joint, we're gonna rock this joint tonight. Well, six times six is thirty-six, I ain't gonna hit for six more licks. We're gonna rock, rock this joint, we're gonna rock, rock this 
Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize
is their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Thursday, June 16, 2016, and it's about 1243 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is where you're at. We are, in fact, live, 800-932-1980. All right, let's see here. I've got a couple things here. Oh, how about this? You know, this guy uh, is... I'm liking this guy more and more and more every every week. You know, and I really didn't like him to begin with. Like everybody else, I had been influenced by propaganda for many, many years about Russia being the enemy and this and that and the other thing, and Putin was, uh, you know... KGB and that and the other thing, and it's like, oh boy, you know, uh-huh. But, I've been watching this guy and what he does, and I have to say, I would far rather have Vladimir Putin as the President of the United States than the piece of garbage, traitor, treasonous guy who should be hanging from the end of a rope, President that we got now. Oh, hanging from the end of the rope, after his speedy trial for treason, okay? Giving aid and comfort to our enemies, which he is every single day. If it isn't the refugees, it's the illegal aliens. If it isn't the illegal aliens, it's the filthy homosexuals. On and on it goes. ISIS, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's the guns. It's not the Muslims who keep attacking us, no. Well, another thing, you know, first Putin says, hey, look, no more GMOs in our country. That crap is dangerous, and we're not feeding it to our people. Oh, what? Oh, man. Now, he says, Western governments are enslaving humanity through vaccines. Whoa, really? When your children are barely human, psychologically altered bots, their nerve cells and synapses is failing to connect and their neurodevelopmental processes dulled to the point of restricting them to subhuman level, repetitive grunts and gormless stares. What are you going to do then? Yeah, that's called autism, folks. What are you going to do then? An insider from the Ministry of Health in Russia has revealed that an explosive report is about to be presented to the Kremlin regarding the huge vaccination cover-up being perpetrated by the U.S. government agencies and its regulatory bodies, which is having disastrous consequences around most of the world. It is understood President Putin personally requested the report. He instinctively mistrusts the vaccine agenda and wants the report to investigate the state of uh, the state of play regarding vaccines, big pharma and Western governments, in order to formulate a solid, direct response that will stand his people in good stead for the future. Huh. Yes, instinctively. Gee, what's the matter with you people out there? You don't instinctively have a problem with somebody jabbing a nail in your arm and shooting you up with God knows what? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I trust you. 
Oh, you say it's good. Oh, look, you've got a white coat on, and somebody wrote it down that it's good. Oh, okay, I suppose. You know what? That dulling has already happened to most of America. According to the Ministry of Health Insider, the report validates President Putin's suspicions. There is a huge conflict of interest between the government agencies which regulate vaccines and the corporations that approve and implement the vaccines. Folks, we already know this. In America, we call it the revolving door. This investigation involving internationally respected scientists and leading medical professionals won't be laughably corrupt affair involving a payroll of scientists who are willing to say or do anything for a dollar or two which is the American scientist, folks. Look, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with science at all. I am not anti-science. I'm not anti-technology. I'm not anti-really any of that. But the fact of the matter is when you look at the system that scientists have to operate in, they cannot be honest. They cannot be honest and survive. Folks, it's just like the media, all right? I mean, I had to start my own radio network to give people and myself a chance to speak the truth because there is no way in this God's earth or Satan's earth that we are going to be able to get on any kind of major mainstream media. They won't allow it. And scientists are under the same system. As a matter of fact, everybody is under the same system. Folks, unless you're willing to toe the line, you don't get the big money rewards. You don't get the fame and fortune. You don't get any of that unless you're willing to sell out the truth. And scientists have done the same thing because they have to, you see. They have spent years and years racking up debt, going to school to become scientists. Then they get out there and they get a job and they say, hey, buddy. Tell you what we'll do, we'll wipe out that debt and pay you a million bucks, too, in a grant. We need a study that says this particular drug is safe. You understand what I'm asking for? I need a study that says this drug is safe. That means I don't need a study that says anything except this drug is safe. And scientists, being scientists, they know how to manipulate data to come up with any conclusion that they are tasked to do. It's just like the scientific polls. Why do you, why do you think they call it scientific polls? As opposed to, oh, I'm going to ask a question on the Internet, and everybody who sees it gets to answer the question one time. Unless, of course, you're a hacker and you go in there and you vote 50 million times, fine. But, you know, that generally isn't happening, okay? People just go and they vote, and then you try to vote again, it won't let you. That's not scientific. We can't count that for anything because that's just people out there answering a question. We That's not fair. That's not right. We need a scientific poll. And what is a scientific poll exactly? What's the difference? Well, the difference is a scientific poll scientifically chooses who they're going to ask, for one. Okay? Their study group. That's what they like to call it. Their study group. 
all that means is they get to choose who they want to ask the questions to. Like, say I want to say, do you think guns should be banned? Hmm. Okay, our study group is going to be all Democrats and all women. Yeah. Okay. Then, for some more science, we're going to ask them some questions. Because, you know, just because you're a Democrat and you're a woman doesn't guarantee that you're going to be against guns. So we're going to ask you some questions, but not about guns. Are you scared when you see someone carrying a gun? Are you this? Are you that? Oh, yeah, well, you're out of the group. No, you're not scared. You're out of the group. You are scared. You're in the group. And then that's the second part of science. Then the third part of science is the questions themselves. When did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. No, just answer the question. Well, yeah. See, this is how a scientific poll works. Scientific means manipulation. That's what scientists do do. They manipulate the data to come up with whatever conclusion they want. You can't trust scientists, for one. For two, you certainly cannot trust. See, what they did was they took scientists who were independent, people who really wanted to, you know, know the truth. And there are scientists out there doing that. They're just not funded very well. Because nobody's willing to give an independent scientist much money. Because they might find that what you wanted is wrong. Because a real scientist, an unbiased scientist, takes the facts, puts them together, and views the conclusion. The scientific method is when you have a theory which means you have already formulated your conclusion. I believe this is true, whatever it is. Well, you've already formulated your conclusion. Now you go about collecting facts to support that conclusion. Well, gee, how hard is that? You could prove anything, given that parameter. Where it used to be, you have a theory, and then you go and collect all the data and see if it's true. But that's not the way it goes anymore, because nobody's going to pay you for that. It's claimed the report will declare the situation a self-perpetuating criminal racket. Educational institutions and scientific bodies are also motivated by greed and generally corrupt. All this is true, folks. A recent study by the University of Bristol that declared diet soda to be healthier than water. Wow. A study covertly funded by the Coca-Cola company. Do you see what I'm saying, folks? What kind of a dirtbag scientist do you think it takes 
to come up with a conclusion that diet soda loaded with aspartame and, you know, all kinds of other crap, food coloring and God knows what else. Oh, yeah, baby fetus flavoring. Remember that? Yeah. To be healthier than water? Wow. You got to be quite a scumbag to come up with a conclusion like that, don't you? It's presented as an example of the absurd situation in the West at the moment and held up to ridicule, as it should be. The guy who came up with that ought to be imprisoned. Here's something that I've been telling you now. You know, it's nice to see that people are writing about this, and, and this is actually coming out, and hopefully more people will get a clue here. Here's the headline. It's about to get very ugly. Get your money out of the bank. Buy food, water, and basics, and prepare. <laughs> wow. Gee. Boy, I wish I'd have thunk of that. For years, financial reform advocate Ellen Brown has been warning people of legal mechanisms in place right now have turned bank depositors into creditors, meaning once you deposit your money into the bank, it's no longer yours. It belongs to the bank and should be, and should the banks fail, they can legally confiscate your money. Now, I've been telling people this two weeks after the G20 meeting came up with that. The United States Congress, in their emergency funding bill, they wrote that into the law, that now your, your money is no longer yours. It is the bank's asset. The, uh, they say, they didn't say asset, they said capital. It is, your deposit is now the bank's capital, meaning they can use it whichever way they want. So, folks, uh, I've been telling you for a long, long time, only keep the money in the bank that you need to operate from day to day. You know, week to week, whatever, you know, just it's just what you need to live on. Do not save. If you have extra money, which I know a lot of people don't have any extra money, but you might you might have 20 bucks extra, 30 bucks extra, a couple hundred bucks extra. We're running out of time here, so some things that I'm going to touch on later tonight when I come back at 8 p.m. Oh, great. I tell you, man, these websites just drive me crazy. They are so loaded down with ads that they can't even, they can't even show their, you know, their stuff. Here's one. Yuma Abedin, most likely a Saudi spy with deep, inarguable connections to global terrorist entities. Huh, how about that, huh? That's pretty cool. Been telling you that for a long time, folks. Uh, and I'm not the only one. A lot of other people have been telling you about Yuma Abedin. I mean, you got, you know, Yuma Abedin is, is, is Hillary Clinton's Valerie Jarrett. You know, the Iranian-born who says she wants to make uh, America more Muslim and that she wants to use freedom of religion against America. Yeah, that's the one. That Valerie Jarrett. All right, well, let's see here. All the... uh, (laughs) All the... uh, 
things I had up on my screen are all blank white pages now because, you know, they're just too, it's just too much to handle with all the ads and the videos and all the other crap. I will never buy anything off of any of these websites. I just want to make that real clear. Even if I want to, I will not. I, I, I might go, if there's something interesting, I might go and look it up somehow, but I am not clicking on any ad ever, no matter how interesting it might be. I'm not giving them any kind of reward for this kind of uh, activity, man. It's it, it's incredible. Another thing we're going to do is uh, the Great American Genocide. And you might not think that is what it is, but it uh, it's about how we're being poisoned on all the different levels of being poisoned. It's not it's not good. It's not a it's it's very detailed and it's not good at all. And uh, we'll get to that later tonight. Anyhow, it is time to go for now. We got a full day coming up next. We have uh, financial survival, and then we've got you know the whole day is loaded. With great broadcasting, so stay tuned, and uh, I'll see you again tonight. And as always, thanks for listening. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family.
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. My co-hosts, Alfred Addisk and James Corbett of the Corbett Report, will be joining you immediately following the first commercial break of the program. But first, let's get started with the market reports. Uh, a lot of strange things uh, going on in the markets today for Thursday, June 16th, 2016. I was all excited, <laughs> most of the day anyway, to uh, um, report gold's rise of $20 today. And uh, as a follow-through from the, from the decision from the Fed not to raise rates, and that easy money policy is still intact, and also some gains coming from the, the Brexit referendum uh, next week. Uh, however, uh, unfortunately, there was a tragedy. A member of parliament was shot and killed today, and rumors had started to circulate to the postponement of the vote on the referendum of the uh, Brexit uh, on June 23rd. Supposedly, gold started to sell off at that point in time. And uh, we had a 36, about a $36 uh, spread from high to low today. And um, so currently we're looking at 1281 and uh, 1281 uh, showing 11 down, but that was from the uh, uh, spreads uh, all day. So still $1,281 is, is, not a, uh, is not a bad place to be. Silver is down 34. We saw the same thing. It was approaching uh, $18 on the day. We're showing down 34 at 1726 Platinum was down six at 973. Palladium down one at $535. So if I, confu- if I confused you on gold, gold is down 1140 at 1281. Silver down 34 at 1726. And again, there was a huge uh, spread swing on gold today of 36. Had a high, I think it was about 1318. And uh, to have it drop to 1281. Uh, the U.S. dollar today saw the same thing. Big drop in the dollar came back up for the day, up 0.03 at 94.61. Crude oil still took a beating though. That didn't come back. 1.96 to the downside at 46.05. Paper markets seemed to uh, re- rejoice that the referendum was going to be. Uh, uh, possibly. They didn't say they were going to. It was just a rumor, of course. Uh, was up 108 points at 17,748. The NASDAQ is up 8, 4,842. The S&P was up 6, 2,077. The 10-year yield shows people are still running into uh, uh, these bonds, 1.56, 1.56% the 10-year yield. The euro was down slightly, 0.16 at uh, 112. And um, <clears throat> Japan, Japan was down huge. Of course, it didn't have any, you know, the, the, the situation in Europe didn't have any, uh, or in Britain didn't have any impact on Japan, of course. That was down another 3%. Hong Kong was down another 2 uh, London and Germany were down just slightly uh, on in overnight trading. But what happened in England? The UK Member of Parliament, Joe Cox, was killed after being shot twice. Um, 
According to some uh, sources, uh, Cox, who is a member of the Labor Party, was a, she was a strong campaigner for the Remain side for next week's referendum. Um, a Chicago trader who wished to remain anonymous so that people are questioning whether or not the vote's going to happen. And that is why Gold was reacting. See, I, I look at it differently. I can't imagine that's why I would have thought gold would go stronger after you have one of your major politicians shot and killed. So, you know, I, I think this was uh, somewhere along the line there has to be a major trade in there to push gold down that quick and that big. Um, unless, you know, we haven't gotten the information as far as maybe they canceled the referendum totally. Um, but I, I don't believe that. So to me, I think it would strengthen both sides. You know, they were talking about the uh, the people that were undecided at this point in time would actually vote to stay within the, the European zone um, because they, you know, they, they don't want to cause any waves. So they, they, they prefer status quo. Uh, that's why they're undecided. And um, so... You know, I don't know, but uh, we did hit a, prior to this, gold did hit a 22-month high of 13.18 an ounce. Uh, Gold holdings in the ETFs were at the highest since October 2013. You have the silver-backed funds, they are also at a record. And uh, prices of both metals, of course, before they pulled back, were up more than 23% this year. And again, folks, you hear it every day, gold and silver are not going anywhere. I hear some analysts saying, oh, you don't want to buy gold until it hits 900. Well, if you wait until it hits 900, you never will buy gold. If you wait for silver to go lower, you will never buy gold because I do not believe silver is going to 900. And the the problem is these idiotic statements are never backed up by any information or facts. We tell you the facts here. We, we tell you the facts here. The long-term fundamentals of gold and silver are strong. They're not changing. Uh, prices will go higher. It's all relative. Even if prices stay the same and we had a collapse and a reset of our currency, you'll fare much better by owning gold at these levels than you would owning paper. Because when you own paper and we have a reset, that paper is going to be adjusted, but your gold will remain the same. So, yes, I do expect prices to go higher. But you know what? People are getting confused about why you buy gold. I listened to the Goldfinger um, interview and what little, most of it that I could. Uh, it was mainly a pitch to buy their strategies. Uh, the person that they talked so much about being interviewed was there probably for, I don't know, 15 minutes of the hour and a half program. So um, if we have time, we'll talk about uh, some of their recommendations for the actual physical metal, but I want to go on and talk about what happened with gold today. Um, You know, there are comments that perhaps that politician was from Frank, he says she was sacrificed for the cause. Um, but I'm not so sure that that will, you know, unless they totally cancel that, I would think it 
could possibly strengthen the other side. I don't know, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. You know, there's, you know, the timing is everything, folks, and it's quite a, uh, you know, I guess it was a 50-year-old man um, that got, uh, oh, oh, one more thing I wanted to say. I believe England is a gun-free zone. I think they have very strict gun controls over there. So, And that's a whole other situation uh, that's happening over here. But let me go back to gold. So, again, if you wait for 900, you probably won't get it bought because gold is not going to 900. And there's never any information and facts to back up these low prices. It reminds me of the 90s. One of the biggest uh, gurus, so-called gurus of the silver today, I don't think much of them, but in the 90s he was telling people not to buy silver when you could buy it for a couple of bucks per ounce. And if you listened to him, he slammed you into paper so you could lose like everybody else did during the dot-com crash. He only became interested in silver when both gold and silver started to take off. Only when we were going to have a housing a housing crisis back in 2006 and 2007, all of a sudden, when prices started to move up, now all of a sudden he was an expert in silver and he wanted you to buy silver. But what did he do in the 90s to help anyone? Because they don't believe in the fundamentals. They don't. They believe in churning you. They want to trade you because that's how they make their money. They churn people to earn more commissions. So you have to be very careful. And and some and it's not that I don't like any of these people. I mean, it's like, oh, boy, she doesn't like anybody and so forth. I don't like what they promote. I don't like their advice. I don't like their opinions on positioning people's portfolios because I don't see how it benefits people. A lot of their information about what is happening in the markets and in our economies and our government and our politics, they can be spot on. I think they miss a lot, and they've been saying the same thing for years, and usually all their predictions are always wrong. But yet you'll hear them claim to be the, the, the they were right on all these cases. Well, no, they weren't. They were all wrong, but nobody looks it up. Everybody has short memories. So again... Uh, just be careful, and I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions or any talk about some of the things that you hear being promoted out there. And I'll tell you if it's a good thing or I'll tell you if it's a bad thing. Um, consumer price index today that measures what Americans pay for everything, uh, cars, uh, car repairs, to food, that increased. Uh, it was uh, seasonally adjusted uh, in May to uh, 0.2%. This was released today. It's the third straight monthly rise in overall prices uh, as the dampening effects of low oil prices and a strong dollar fade. If if Janet Yellen was looking for a little bit of inflation, well, she's been getting it. So this isn't her argument anymore that she's not getting enough inflation. Consumer prices, you know, excluding uh, the often volatile food and energy categories also rose 0.2% in May. It's the largest one-month jump since February 2007. Energy prices rose 1.2% from April, including a 2.3% jump in gas prices. What I find interesting is food prices fell 
including a 0.5% decline in food purchase for home consumption. So not just restaurants, but, you know, how much you buy and take home. I tell you where I go shopping, and and I think I shop at a, you know, fairly low key grocery store. It's not one of your your big chains that has you know their, you know, own restaurants inside and so forth, and the, where they sell seafood and everything else. And I don't remember seeing any of my prices falling to, uh, to where I actually was saving any money. It was the fifth time in the past seven months that grocery prices had declined. Hey, if you have seen your grocery prices decline, call me and let me know. Um, clothing prices, apparel, that rose. Uh, prices for both new and used vehicles declined. Um, if you exclude food and energy prices, that climbed 2.2% on the year, making the seventh consecutive month that annual core inflation matched or exceeded 2%. So there you go. There you have your, your 2% inflation that Janet Yellen and the Federal Reserve is always crying about. That doesn't really mean anything because we all know that our inflation is much higher than 2%. Foreign investors sold a record amount of U.S. Treasury bonds and notes for the month of April. Uh, this is according to the U.S. Treasury Department. Foreigners sold $74.6 billion in U.S. Treasury debt in the month. April's outflow was the largest since the U.S. Treasury Department started recording these debt transactions. January of 1978. It goes to show you exactly what is happening around the world and what is happening here. China remains the largest foreign holder of U.S. government debt, although its holdings in April declined. Um, This is what I found interesting. Japan, the number two foreign U.S. Treasury debt holder, posted higher U.S. government debt holdings. In March, Japan raised its U.S. Treasury holdings for a fourth straight month. That coincides with their policy of negative interest rates that the central bank had adopted at the end of January. So it's interesting that they go, <laughs> they pay negative interest rates, but yet they're buying uh, other debt that, uh, of course, uh, pays a little bit more. How much longer? Who knows? But I found that a little interesting. We have about, uh, what, two minutes left in my 20-minute um, segment. But I wanted to talk about, we'll hold it for tomorrow because I, I think it's interesting. And I've heard someone talk about this just recently as today. Um, I'm sure we discussed it one point along the way where and Ben Bernanke was supposedly where you'd be dropping money out of helicopters, helicopter Ben would be dropping cash over your neighborhood courtesy of the Federal Reserve. Um, That's at at least the concept of helicopter money. And um, yesterday, Yellen didn't rule it out as a possible option in an extreme circumstance. That means they would write you checks. Um. I can remember something after 9-11. I think everybody got a check for $600 or $800. It'd be something along the same lines, but with a lot more money. Uh, It's something that one might legitimately uh, consider, she said yesterday. 
And uh, this was first introduced in 1969 as a concept by Friedman. Basically, the idea the Fed would essentially write a huge check to the U.S. Treasury office, which would then send tax rebates, cash, to millions of Americans in the hopes that the Americans would spend the money. Ben Bernanke endorsed the idea at a last resort option. So helicopter money could prove a valuable tool for the Federal Reserve. And I do want to talk a little bit more about this uh, um, because I heard a politician, I don't recall his name, talking about it, how they would eliminate all of the welfare programs, which he didn't mention Social Security, but I would also have to think that would be in that same area. They would write everyone a check each month of approximately $1,000. And because we would be eliminating all the welfare programs, it would pay for the $1,000. Of course, there would be other taxes added um, to the equation, but he didn't want to talk about that on air. Something similar that Alaska does with the oil revenues. All the citizens of Alaska gets a part of the uh, oil revenues on a monthly basis. So uh, it'd be similar to that program. So the idea is in their head. They've talked about it. They have a plan. And again, it shows you just how desperate they are. And it should make you pick up that phone and dial 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Call me. We'll talk. And in a few minutes, you'll be hearing Alfred and James Corbett talking for the next two segments of the program. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866 229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's one 800 
375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addisk, and this is the American Independence Hour, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Our guest is James Corbett. As you may know, if you listen to this program regularly, James is here most Wednesday nights and Thursdays when the program is rebroadcast. Um, James, uh, he lives and works in Japan, been there since 2004 started the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com, in 2007 as an outlet for independent critical analysis of politics, society, history, and economics. He's editorial writer for the International Forecaster and a prolific producer of videos and podcasts and uh, articles that you see all over the Internet. Hello, James. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, good, good. Can't complain at all. How's your how's your son and your daughter treating you? They're doing all right, but uh, yeah, my daughter might be making an appearance. She's uh, crying a little bit in the background. Okay. Well, they want they 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 want attention. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen little girls yet. You may have seen this other times, but one of the most one of the strangest things I can remember seeing. Um, couple of little girls, they couldn't have been more than probably not even two years old. And they have their little dresses on at, I don't remember if it was a wedding or some sort of a, some sort of a family get together. I don't remember this 20, 30 years ago, but here were these little girls holding their dresses out to the side and showing off their dresses to each other. And it was just extraordinary. It was the sort of vanity you would expect from someone 16 years old or 30 years old. But here were these little girls, and I mean, they they could barely walk, and they were showing off their dresses. So I don't know if you've seen that before or not, but you will. Uh, Mm. Nature or nurture? Good question, but interesting. Oh, nature. uh, Nature, I think. uh, If it's nurture, they catch on awfully fast. Uh, You know, just speaking of that, I saw a video back recently. Where they have they set up a uh, a surveillance camera in the room where in the in the in the child's room where they have 
children that are less than a year old. <laughs> and they're standing up in their bassinets or whatever. And there were two of them. There was a little boy and a little girl in two separate, not bassinets, two separate cribs. And they're standing up and they're jumping around on there and they're having a good old time laughing and giggling. And mom says something over the microphone that's attached to the camera. And as soon as they hear the two of them fall down on the on the on the bottom of the uh, the the you know that little thing their their crib that they're in, and they pretend to be asleep. <laughs> and I mean, these kids—they were just toddlers. Right? They could barely stand up without holding on the edge, and they already knew at the sound of mom's voice, pretend to be asleep. I mean, the point behind this is these children are enormously more intelligent than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, Absolutely. including myself, think, oh, they don't begin to know what's going on until they're five or eight years old or something. No, they really are. Yeah, they really are. And I yeah. can attest to that with my three-year-old son, and there are times when he has been incredibly perceptive, not only yep. about objects that he can actually see or hear or perceive, although he is that too. Sometimes he'll hear an ambulance before myself or my wife hear it at all and will say, what are you talking about? There's no ambulance. And then, then we'll start to hear the siren. But also in terms of the reading the, uh, the emotional states and cues of things that are yep. going on, and uh, he's extremely perceptive. And although I kind of had an inkling of that before becoming a father, it's really jumped out at me now that I'm experiencing it on a day-to-day basis. And it's pretty amazing, and one of the things, <laughs> I wonder how old is a child typically before they begin to realize, i got to fool these people. i got to play mm. dumb and keep this under my hat. And don't let these people know that I really know what's going on. I mean, because there's a point in time where our perception of children not being all that bright, you know, not being that knowledgeable, It's not just because we're failing to perceive them. It's because, like these two kids I was talking about in these cribs, they're pretending to be something that they're not, and they know this from a very early age. Very strange mm-hmm. stuff. In any case, part I, of the well, just before we leave that note, I think it's important to note that I think one of the first skills, or at least one of the first social skills that children learn, is how to manipulate parents or play parents off against each other. And, uh, yeah. you know, if, if dad won't let you do something, go crying to mom. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's obvious why that would take place. But sometimes I think, again, parents don't, aren't necessarily thinking that their children are that uh, crafty. But of course they are. Well, and the other point then is, if they're that crafty, it's up to parents to really encourage them and encourage their intellectual development from a very early age. And try to give them stuff that will occupy them <laughs> in a positive way, something other than how can we trick mom and dad? You know, that's... Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly right. Don't don't uh, underestimate yeah. children. No, no, I understand. Adults, yeah, you can underestimate the adults, but the children, probably <laughs> not. You, you did a report on the Orlando shootings, an open source investigation. You, you noted that... Uh, Over 50 people are dead after a shooting in a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida. The shooter has been identified as Omar McNateen, a 29-year-old resident of Fort Pierce, Florida. The team was a Muslim, a registered Democrat, a legal gun owner, and you didn't say so exactly. I mean, you raised the implication, but it's pretty much confirmed that the man was was gay. Um, And you said in the bingo card of suspicious events, we can check off 
Mateen allegedly took time out from the carnage to phone 911 and declare his allegiance to the Al-Qaeda, I-C-I-A, S-I-S, I-C-I-A, um, that's, that's your That's text. my own appellation, but yes. <laughs> I understand. Meaning it, uh, ISIS is what we're talking about. Yeah. He was previously known, he was previously known to the FBI. He was on their radar. Uh, Mateen's father hosts, hosts a broadcast from California, um, praises Taliban, recently posted a YouTube video announcing his candidacy for Afghan president. I've seen another report that says the father is some sort of a CIA operative. I don't know that any of this is true, uh, but certainly this is a strange situation. You know, Paul Craig Roberts wrote an article. And it was dealing with the possibility that this thing was some sort of a hoax. And he pointed out with all 50 bodies, 50, over 50 people were allegedly killed and another 63 that were wounded. He was saying, where are the bodies on TV? He was wondering if this was some sort of a hoax. No videos were seen from insiders, people inside there were, I don't know how many people inside the building, but some of them texted and some of them sent out messages. Uh, nobody apparently recorded a video, or if they have, it hasn't reached the public yet. This guy had to reload at least four times when he was firing that rifle. There's, there's over something like 110 casualties, maybe more. Uh, even if he had 30-round clips, he'd have to... You'd have to reload at least four times. Nobody jumped him. How did he get into that place with a rifle? My understanding is Florida law, they've got to run the wand on anybody uh, who comes into the into a saloon and to make sure they're not packing a, a pistol. How did this guy get in with a rifle? So we have a bunch of odd questions, and what do you think about this? Is this becoming... More curious, or are we finding reasonable explanations for, you know, anomalies? Well, there are always uh, attempts at explanations for these types of anomalies. I suppose it depends on your level of credulity at the various sources that the accusations are coming from, and then at the uh, the, the the sources where the explanations are coming from. And I, I guess each person can decide for themselves on that point. Um, to to my own thinking, the idea that this was all the hoax, nothing happened, no one died, is preposterous on its face to me. Um, certainly certain aspects of this may not be as presented. Um, in fact, almost almost certainly I would say that, that there are certain aspects of what happened in there that have not been accurately presented in the media. But the idea that no one died because we did not see bodies, dead bodies on TV, I would ask yourself and your listeners to think about how many times they saw the dead bodies of people on the street in various terrorist atrocities in times past. When the Bologna bombings happened back in 1981, did they show dozens of corpses lying on the street on, on television? Probably not. Does that mean those corpses did not exist? Uh, that is the logic of a two-year-old. So I do not take those types of reports um, very seriously. Uh, but certainly, as I say, there are a lot of questions that do and need to be asked and should be asked about 
how someone enters a club like that with uh, with a giant rifle, which is being reported as an AR-15. But one of the most interesting reports I've seen on this uh, recently is the fact that, oh, by the way, it wasn't an AR-15. It was a Sig Sauer MCX carbine, which has a Staneg magazine, which can be compatible with an AR-15 and 60 other firearms, but it otherwise has no major parts that interface with AR-15s in any way, shape, or form. And yet, go online and look at the news reports about this. Every single one talks about the AR-15, AR-15, AR-15. We have to ban AR-15s. So that seems to be part of the political agenda here. Um, again, many, many other questions like you raised about the, the, the very suspicious activities of the father. There are pictures of him online with Congressman Dana Rohrabacher. Um, he was... He is, was a, uh, a, 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 some type of newscaster or some television personality on what was called in the mainstream media a, quote, U.S.-based Afghan satellite channel, <laughs> which I did read at the time when I made that uh, video report you're talking about, but it didn't quick, quite click on me. A U.S.-based Afghan satellite channel. What could that possibly be? And uh, Dan Daniel Hopsticker has this up on his website, madcowprod.com, where he goes into this uh, this channel that uh, that, that the, the father is associated with, TV Payam Afghan, which, as it turns out, is funded by Voice of America, which, as I'm sure the U.S. Uh, listeners don't need to be told, is an outgrowth and out, uh, an arm of the U.S. State Department and the CIA, um, quite quite openly on the record. It is a voice of the State Department around the world. So this is a, essentially a, a State Department-funded broadcast that his father is a part of, where he apparently either pretends to be the president of Afghanistan in exile or is attempting to portray himself as some sort of presidential candidate, but it's all very, very, very strange. Um, again, many, many, many valid questions about what actually took place uh, in that club. But I think, as with so many of these, uh, details continue to pour out, and they trickle out here and there in drips and drabs. And uh, I don't like to pronounce too much on these types of events until we start to see the propaganda narrative that shapes in reaction to it, because I think the reaction is so, so important in things like this. Will it be the type of defining event that is going to somehow consolidate, you know, a repeal of the Second Amendment or whatever else uh, certain people are, are looking for? Or will it be used to shape a different agenda or a different narrative? And uh, as you point out, the fact that it turned out to be a gay Muslim Democrat <laughs> did not turn out well for those leftist outlets that wanted to immediately jump on this as possibly another you know, crazed white Christian conservative racist shooter, you know, and look, oh, look what he's doing. Oh, of course, he's a homophobe. Uh, the, the actual narrative turns out to be completely different. So I think yeah, I, I I'm going to reserve ultimate judgment about this until we start to see, you know, how this plays out in the propaganda media. Well, everybody's trying to spin this thing to their own. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, as Hillary Clinton has told us and Rahm Emanuel has told us. And that means when we see a crisis like this, or when politicians see this, this is viewed as an opportunity to make hay while the bodies bleed. And who's going to ultimately be blamed for this? Will we blame the Muslims, or the gays, or the AR-15s, or who's going to be blamed for this? Which way is the country going to go? I think the other way of phrasing that question is who will benefit from this? Um, well, that's because okay. Who, Whoever benefits is the one who controls the, the narrative about um, 
well, really controls the, the battle for the public mind about who to blame this on. And in that sense, I, I, you certainly have the, uh, the gun control advocates and people who are going to blame this on you know, guns in general and try to implement their agenda. On the flip side of that, you're going to have uh, the, the Trump supporters who are going to say, look, this is why we have to stop Muslim immigration oh, yeah. to the United States. Yeah. And so there's clearly a benefit on either side, depending who the, 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 the American public ends up siding with in this. So it certainly could be a boost either to Clinton's campaign or to Trump's campaign, again, depending how people react to it. And I think that's part of the fight we see going on right now. And of course, completely excluded from that equation is the, the manufacture and, and provocation and the puppeteering of, uh, of international terrorism by NATO under Operation Gladio, by the FBI and CIA in proven operations throughout certainly through the last 15 years. If the last 15 years have taught us anything, it's that every single FBI bust that I can think of over the past 15 years and dozens that have been documented, even by mainstream outlets like the New York Times, has shown that in every single instance, it is someone who had ties to the FBI, who was an informant for the FBI, who was provocateur by the FBI, who was under surveillance by the FBI. And yet they are going to come out and say, look, now we need more power to surveil more of what you mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. when they i mean if you have them in your hands essentially and you let them go and i don't blame them on one level but it just the point is it becomes an impossible situation what are you going to do about this one of the things i think you have to pre- pre- provide stronger security at at public at public events you've got to make sure everybody is uh if if it's illegal to pack a weapon at an at, at a particular arena, um, somebody's got to be there to make sure everybody gets checked on the way in. They've got to go through metal detectors and whatever. Uh, I don't know what the answer is, but certainly we're going to see some serious pressure on the Second Amendment. Um, and we'll watch and see. These are dangerous times, strange times. Um, we'll take a break for a couple of announcements. And I'll be back with James Corbett from thecorbettreport.com in just a moment. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today, or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, the 
PowerHerbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm here with James Corbett from the CorbettReport.com. Here's uh, more news, Brexit. Here's an article from Time Magazine entitled, Here's What to Expect if Britain Votes to Leave the European Union. It says, in part, in the event of a leave vote, Britain must promptly notify the European Union Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty, the equivalent of the European Union's constitution, uh, that allows for, one, a two-year period in which the terms of the leaver's exit are negotiated, which means they're not going to just say goodbye, have a referendum uh, you know, next week, and that's it. Okay, we're gone. Uh-uh. It's going to be two years before this thing is fully negotiated. And the second point is, during this period, Britain could no, would no longer be able to take part in any European Union decision-making. They'd be helpless. to If European Union wanted to vote to get England, I don't know what England can do about it other than declare war. And three, any exit agreements must be approved by all 27 remaining European Union, Union nations and the European Parliament. If one nation says, nope, we're not letting you go, what happens then? And then after two years and this approval by all 27 nations, then after Britain's formal exit, fresh negotiations could begin on any new trade deals. I'm much surprised. I actually kind of thought that Brexit was a situation where you just said, okay, we're out of here. Goodbye. Hmm. And it's far more complex than that. And it's almost, I mean, it's going to be two years, even if they vote now, it's going to be two years minimum before they're actually allowed to leave. What's your comment on this? How are the English going to accept this? And can these rules even be maintained? Will England just say, you want it? Come on. You want us? You want to mess with us? Fine. Let's, you know, we've got a couple of nuclear weapons here. What are we going to do? (laughs) 
I mean, that's ultimately the question. Um, uh, there is no precedent for this, so we don't know how this really works in practice. But certainly um, what you talk about is the, the mechanism for separation that is laid out in the Lisbon Treaty. But of course, that uh, that presupposes the British respect for the Lisbon Treaty, even as they vote to secede from it. So it could could be implemented unilaterally by Britain all at once, just saying, we're out, goodbye. They could do that. Of course, that would mean the severing of diplomatic relations with the European Union, which is fairly unthinkable in the current political context. So I wouldn't expect that to happen, but it's certainly an option. They could simply say, we're out, we're gone, we're done, we have nothing to do with you. Um, So, I mean, nothing is off the table or unthinkable. It's just that that is extremely unlikely. So they probably would enter into the formal negotiations uh, for that that, yes, could be a years-long process in order to figure out what type of relation Britain would have with the European Union after this is all done. So assuming that Britain wants to continue some sort of relation with the continent, they're going to have to engage in that process. Um, but there's no, there's no written in stone um, uh, principles that, that, that aren't open to negotiation in that case. Um, regardless, again, of what the text of the Lisbon Treaty says, if a, uh, one of the countries simply refuses to respect the Lisbon Treaty, then what is the other party going to do about that? So um, so it, it really does depend on the, the nature, the flavor. I mean, if this were an overwhelming 90% to 10% vote, let's get out of the EU, one can imagine there would be more political impetus in uh, and sort of an upper hand for the Brits and saying, you know, we're out, but you guys can take, take or leave what you want from, our, you know, trade with the British economy or whatever. Um, again, I think that's extremely unlikely. And unfortunately, my cynical side is saying that although polls in recent days have shown uh, a lead, a significant lead for the uh, Leave campaign, uh, we found, for example, that polls were indicating potentially that Scotland was going to vote for independence. Uh, was it last year they had their independence vote? And of course, that did not turn out that way. People when they get to the polling booth, either magically transform into much more status quo supporting people or or the votes are manipulated and it's not who uh, who votes that counts, it's who counts the votes. <laughs> Again, my cynical side says maybe it's more of the latter than the former. But, uh, but in either event, I am not hopeful for the prospect that, uh, say, come this time next year, that Britain is going to be a free, full, fully independent nation again, uh, apart from the yoke of Brussels. Do you think they'll be on their way to achieving that status, or do you think that the attempt to leave the European Union will be throttled by then? I can't imagine David Cameron would be the one helming this departure, because, of course, he's the one out campaigning for the Remain in EU. So, um, But then again, he would probably have to step down as prime minister if, uh, if he did if the referendum did go in the leave direction. So who knows who would who would take over and in what context? And, you know, how would the British government reform in the wake of such a referendum if it were to go ahead? Again, this mm-hmm. is pretty uncharted territory in a lot of different respects, not just in the European Union situation specifically, but just in terms of um, world geopolitics. It's not often that this form of independent independence uh, campaign, it takes place peacefully and politically. And as you say, I mean, there's at least the specter of the nuclear umbrella of sorts that uh, Britain has up its sleeve. If it really wanted to take it to that level, again, I'm not expecting it would go. No, I don't expect that. I I don't expect that to happen. But 
if the European Union allows England to just say, okay, we're out of here, and it makes it as painless as possible. Well, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned Scotland. There's also the Netherlands, Sweden, Denmark, and France. There are movements afoot in those countries to leave the EU. don't know that it will happen in all of them. But the European Union has something like a vested interest to make England suffer in order to scare the other ones off as an act of deterrence. You'd better not try to leave this union. You know, we'll give you a dose of what you know, what England got. Uh, mm. So, yeah, yeah. And I think they do want to make an example of this. And that's exactly why we see the coverage of this uh, skewing heavily towards a fear campaign, essentially. If you leave, if you leave the EU, Brits, uh, you, you know, the world is going to fall apart. Uh, the economy is going to come undone. It'll be, you know, chaos on the streets. And I, I think that's underlying much of the coverage behind this. Including, I mean, really, that's the subtext of that Time article that you're reading from. The idea that these negotiations are going to be long and messy and sticky and it's yeah. uncertain. Do you really want to go through all that, Britain? No, of course you don't. Just stick with the status quo. It'll be safe and comfortable. You wrote another article entitled, Banksters Threaten Brits, Don't Brexit or Else. Uh, you mentioned they had a whopping 10-point lead, the, the Brexit, those in favor of leaving, were ahead by 10 points in a recent poll. Uh, Rupert Murdoch's son newspapers, its customers, to believe in Britain, and uh, he's apparently supporting the idea of Britain leaving. Tell uh, Ambrose Evans Pritchett is encouraging Britons to vote for separation. And then a couple of very interesting quotes. Stripped of all distractions, the referendum comes down to an elemental choice whether to restore the full self-governance of this nation, Britain, of course, or to continue living under a higher supranational regime ruled by a European council that we do not elect in any meaningful sense and that the British people can never remove even when it persists in error. I mean, there really is. This isn't just a situation where they're fighting, they're struggling about whether we should stay in this union because we can make a good dollar off of it or we can go our own way and sell more cars in someplace else in Africa or wherever, I don't know what. But this has, this has some real powerful political implications. And it goes to self-governance, um, the right to appeal decisions by the European Union's court, there's a lot at stake here that sounds like freedom. It sounds like the English are in a position analogous to that of the United States or the 13 colonies back uh, 230 years ago or whatever. There's something at stake here that's more than just money. Do you get that feeling? Oh, absolutely. Of course, this is ultimately about ideology, and it's ultimately about the the globalization, which is clearly on the agenda for the banksters and the various political institutions that they puppeteer. Um, clearly, that's the direction that they want to take the world in, consolidation of power and control. And mm -hmm. the majority of the public is not really on board for that agenda, but they are on board in the sense that their polities sign them up for it, whether they want to or not, or whether they understand the process or not. It's not like the European Union is some 
some well-functioning, well-thought-out, very you know, nicely structured system that's easy to comprehend. It is, I, I, I would assume on purpose, a labyrinthine organization that few people have any understanding of to the point where most people are only discovering now that there are, in fact, four presidents, quote-unquote, of the European Union. There's the president of the European Council. There's the president of the European Commission. There's the president of the European Parliament. And there's the presidency of the Council of the European Union, which, of course, is different than the European Council. <laughs> and most people don't even know what these different institutions are, how they function together, how they differentiate themselves, which of these four presidents, quote-unquote, can actually be called the president of the European Union? The official answer is there is no official answer. There is no such thing as, quote, the president of the European Union. But again, most people have no understanding of this system. And, and I, wouldn't, I don't blame them for that. It's a ridiculous and, as I say, labyrinthine uh, thing that, that people can't wrap their heads around, precisely because it is fundamentally a bureaucracy that exists to confuse and bamboozle the public while the European Central Bank and the real arms of power of the European Union make their, their machinations behind the scenes and, and in a more low-key fashion. And ultimately, uh, I think you're right. I mean, I'm 99% on board with what you're saying and the way you're framing it, but it's the 1% that somewhat scares me because the implication is, okay, so if, if we can devolve this power from these you know, international organizations like the European Union back down into national governments. Well, there you go. That's freedom. Well, no, I don't think so. No, continue the process. No, not national, state or provincial. No, not state or provincial, local. No, not local, individual. And it has to be about the opposition of individual freedom to these greater political unions, which by their very nature, are an abrogation of those individual freedoms. It's, I guess, the question of how much of an abrogation people are willing to put up with. So to the extent that people want to deglobalize, I'm 100% on board. To the extent that people want to bolster the idea of a national government, I can't say I'm on board. Well, we see General or Great Britain, they're raising awareness of what the European Union's reality actually is. I think... The idea that you can't, you, you sign up, you say, we have a referendum today, we want to leave, and then it has to be negotiated for two years, during which time you have no say in what the European Union, you can't leave, but you can't say they won't let you out, but you have no say in how the European Union operates for the next two years. Uh, this is oppressive. I think this is going to inspire some people to say, we got to get out of here. I don't care how much money we can make. This is... This is an oppressive regime, and I think Greg Britton is perhaps raising awareness of that, that perspective. And if it is, people like Scotland or nations like Scotland are going to say, let us out of here. You know, next thing you know, they won't let us wear our kilts or whatever. Uh, um, so, uh, strange times. One last, one last brief comment before we, get a, we run out of time, probably only have about a minute and a half left. WikiLeaks will publish enough evidence to indict Hillary Clinton, warns Assange. Uh, this was in the uh, Russia Today. WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange warns Julian Assange warns more information will be published about Hillary Clinton, enough to indict her if the U.S. government is courageous enough to do so. Do you think the we're going to see something explosive 
still coming out of uh, WikiLeaks? And if so, do you think the government has the courage to indict Hillary Clinton? I hope people who read at least the headline of that article would have the sense to ask, why on earth would an organization like WikiLeaks that is supposedly devoted to global transparency of all these public institutions announce that they have these documents and then just sit there? We're going to release this explosive information. Trust us. But let's just wait a little while. That is... Well, they're playing politics. At the very least, and perhaps deep politics, to put it in the more um, uh, accurate perspective, I think WikiLeaks is controlled opposition at the very best, whether that's controlled by Julian Assange consciously or whether that is controlled by the intelligence agencies that no doubt feed them many of the documents that they then go on to release. Um, either way, it doesn't matter in the end. So I'll believe it when I see it. Um, put up or shut up. All right, we're going to have to put up and shut up, I guess, at least on the radio program because we're out of time. I want to thank you, James, for being on the program. As always, enjoyed it. Um, folks, thank you for listening. I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and James Corbett. Bye-bye. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Critical show. This is my live show for Thursday. The what is it? Sixteenth? As I squint to look at the date, is it the sixteenth? Yeah, it is the sixteenth day of June, two thousand and sixteen. Wow, look at that! Like three sixes there in that uh, date. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, it's five minutes past the two o'clock hour now out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And as you all should know, you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. So that means you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, which is the website uh, for this network. And you know what to do there when you get there. I have a website, conditioncriticalshow.com. You can go there, and you should. Check out my blog. I'm going to be talking about uh, the article I wrote last night first up here once we get moving along. Uh, A couple donate links. 
like to point them out uh, each and every show. I got a donate link attached to my blog. Uh, I don't beg for money, but anything would help to keep the lights on. As I always like to say with the other one, the more important one is the one for American Voice Radio Network, guys. And uh, if you haven't clicked on that donate link for American Voice Radio, please do so now. Donate $5, please. Frank would appreciate it. So would I. Okay. Call in number 1-800-932-1980. That's if you want to call in. But uh, you guys know the number, and you don't have to be invited to call in. Just call in if you want. About it. If I left anything out, I'll get to it later. I'll give uh, some further contact information out at the end of the show. All right, let's just uh, move right along. There was a point I wanted to make uh, yesterday and all the other points that I had made about that whole, you know, Orlando homo nightclub shooting thing. I'm not going to really get back into that. I think I've said all I needed to say on that, but there was something that I did forget and I had left out. And that is the report where, and, and it, it was brought up a couple of times and in, in, in kind of in this context, like was, was this Omar Mateen radicalized online, like via the internet, right? And I read that, and I'm like, what, what does that mean, radicalized? Like, and they even said, another report, you know, said something like, was he, was he radicalized by, like, some of the websites that he visited, right? They kind of even went a little bit more specific. And I'm like, what's that? What, what, what's, what does that mean? What do you mean, rat, radicalized online? And so, as I thought about that last night, I wrote this article, and the title of it is basically the theme of my uh, blog or my, my website. I have, like, a title which is, if you're not sickened, you're not healthy. And what I mean by that is, who, in, who needs to be radicalized online? I mean, really. And so I ask the question, you know, just, just spend about five minutes, okay, in everyday American society, and you're going to get radicalized. There's just no two ways around it, okay? And I pointed out a, a couple of, and look, I mean, you could, you could, you could fill an encyclopedia up, right, with the examples of, of, you know, this, like getting radicalized just by what you see every day. And so I just picked a whole bunch of headlines, and I'm not going to read any of, from any of the, these, you know, articles, you know, that, that, that these headlines are attached to, but just check this out. Okay, so how about this? Tampa Bay Rays, that's the baseball team, sell out Pride Night. Now, what that means is, the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team, of course, they're close to Orlando. They're very close, right? And they're having a, a pride night. They're having a, a homo night, right, at, at the ballpark. And, and it's sold out. What? So, okay, I just want to go to the baseball game, right? Man, I just want to go to the baseball game and relax. And holy moly, where did I, did I just, what is this, a gay ballpark? What, what happened here? <laughs> okay, that. That should radicalize you. How about this? Georgia police shoot homeowner after responding to the wrong home. Now, th- there's a, the numerous examples of cops doing that. Okay, and I'm not going to read from the article, but yeah, they showed up at the wrong house, the one next door, right? And they, they shot and killed this guy. It, oopsies, right? And the article went on, and the, and the chief of police like, hey, it was, hey, it was an honest mistake, and we're, we apologize. That's basically, you know, what was said. And the wife is like, oh, my God, you killed my husband. They're like, well, your husband did, you know, respond with a, he, you know, he was armed with a handgun when we 
She's like, yeah, you were breaking into our house. We thought there was a home invasion. Oops. Anyway, there you go. There. How about this one? Parents' house seized after son's drug bust. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he got arrested not at the house, somewhere else with a couple ounces of heroin. Okay, whatever. So about a week later, uh, they get a court order, the cops do, and they go take these people and literally throw them out on the street. Okay. Don't you think those things would radicalize you? How about this man who fired shots to scare off pit bulls attacking his dog, charged with reckless endangerment? That happens a lot. People that, you know, uh, are defending themselves, and it doesn't even have to be with, uh, with dogs. I found examples of just there's all kinds of examples out there. You know, guys walking in a park, and he gets assaulted, and, you know, he, he defends himself and ends up killing the guy, and he gets charged or something, right? It's unbelievable. Obama-led drone strike. Oh, here's this one. I didn't read this article. Obama-led drone strikes kill innocents 90% of the time. And this, that's, that's the headline. And you know what? The, the innocents that they're killing are, are Muslims. These are, that's, what they, that's what we do over there. Don't you think that would radicalize the Muslims? I say it all the time. Just when Sheikh Mohammed Jabbar rebuilds his grass hut, just when he find, packs in the last of the freaking mud that he got out of some pond, right, to seal up the, the nooks and crannies in this grass hut, uh, an F-15 comes by and, and does an airstrike on his, on his grass hut. And it's like, geez, wow, man, I just rebuilt this thing. Yeah, okay, here's another one. And we all know about this one, especially living out here on the West Coast. Oregon bakery owner refuses to pay damages in the gay wedding cake case. And there are numerous examples of bakeries, you know, just refusing to, to do, you know, bake a cake for some homos, and they get bankrupted. So there's that one. How about this one? Mother of teen murdered by illegal immigrant tells Congress, do something. It's your job. And I had reported on that, oh, probably a month ago, if you guys remember. So there you go. How many, how many examples were there just there? And I, like I said, I could have filled up an encyclopedia. But, you know, uh, there was no need. And so who needs to get radicalized online is my point. What, what kind of nonsense is that? And here's, here's but here's it. Here's the thing, okay, there's something to this, though. I mean, they're not just saying that just to say it, because they, they certainly don't believe that. I think that there's a larger issue here. There's a, I think that there's something, there's an underlying uh, agenda here. And what is that? Well, and now this is just speculation on my part, okay? I believe that they're, just, they're, they're floating this out there, and they've done it before, okay, is that they want this is going to be a way for them to to finally because you know how people are they want to be protected right i mean we let them install the tsa we let them install department of homeland security right we let them have these multi jurisdictional tax forces like swat multiple agency swat teams right you know to protect us and we give up our rights we we let them uh you know violate our, our the bill of rights in the constitution all the time right so, the, again, what I believe is the underlying uh, issue here or agenda is is that this is a, a way for them to kind of come in and then finally take control of the Internet. I, I, I don't know how that sounds, if it sounds kooky or not, but that's, what I, that's how I feel. Uh, and I believe people will let them do it. They'll say, hey, well, we can't have this, you know, but those, those pesky, you know, websites that people go to to get radicalized. I mean, think about that on the surface, how ridiculous that sounds. Just think about that, how ridiculous that sounds. I mean, I think you would have to be kind of a complete retard 
right? I mean, what you see, so you, what you go to a website and then shazam, you 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 turn into the Unabomber. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. So you know what? Nice try there, FBI, because this is this was the FBI. One of the reports was that James Comey, that clown that runs the FBI. He's like, hey, these websites that people visit, and we're looking into that, and you know, we'll get back to you, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Well, just be aware, folks, that you know, this is what they're doing behind the scenes. You know, all of this, all of what they do, you know, whether or not this Orlando whatever was, was a, a, a hoax or a, or a false flag or not, it's always the perception that it was it's going to be, the perception is always going to be that it, it, it happened. You know, that's the vast majority of American people aren't going to question the events in any way, shape, matter, or form when you should question everything they tell you. I mean, don't the liberals say that? Isn't that one of their mantras? Question authority? You see the bumper stickers? That's mostly like libertarian type, liberal types, right? Hippy-dippy type people? Question authority, right? But yet they don't do it themselves? A little bit of a kind of some hypocrisy there, or I don't know, something weird going on there. So anyway, I just thought I'd point that out to you. So check out my blog. That is, I believe it's the first article uh, uh, on my uh, on my blog when you go to it. So there you go. All right, let's move along. I, now this came across my desk. <laughs> my desk, actually. I do have a desk, and I'm sitting in front and behind it here right at the moment. Hold on. I want to find this. This is out of the USA Today. Kind of moving along here, guys. Here's the headline. Treatment, treatment of immigrants in Mexico much worse than any other country. Did you hear that? You know how we're, we're always, uh, you know, the United States is always blamed. Well, we treat, uh, we treat these uh, undocumented workers. We just treat them so badly, right? I mean, we only put them up in, like, three-star hotels. Right. When when they when they, you know, crash the border with their little pickaninnies. Right. And, you know, provide them room service, give them cell phones. And I'm exaggerating slightly, but you get my point. But we're always accusing that the United States. Right. We're just so bad. We're just so bad. Well, here's the headline again. Treatment of immigrants in Mexico, much worse than any other country. Now, this is out of Timbuk three, Mexico. Fernandez Martinez came to Mexico to escape a brutal drug cartel in Honduras. But his treatment in Mexico isn't much better. On May 30th, local police robbed him and then threw him and five other migrants from Central America off of a moving train in this town about 100 miles northwest of Mexico City. The police took all the money I was carrying, the 41-year-old woodcutter said, of the $120 he had borrowed from several relatives to make the journey. Now I don't have a penny. There's nothing to go back to. Martinez said four other Hondurans he was traveling with had been taken away earlier to another uh, Timbuk Four town south of here by local gang members in front of Mexican authorities. While Mexican politicians complain about the mistreatment of Mexican immigrants fleeing to the United States, Mexico is far more abusive towards Central and South American migrants like Martinez who seek asylum or want to pass through to the United States. Uh, human rights group, groups allege many of the tens of thousands of refugees fleeing violence in their home countries are routinely preyed upon by both criminal organizations and corrupt government officials in Mexico. The Washington Office of Latin America, a nonprofit rights group, said in a report issued in May last month. Martinez said he fled Honduras after a notorious local cartel, the... 
what I what is it here? Some some crazy named drug cartel, you know, killed his three younger brothers when they refused to work for them. Hey, hey, well, I mean, you know, they I mean, drug cartels need employees too, right? And, you know, so hey, you know, you don't want to come work for us. I mean, I guess we're going to have to kill you. Come on, guys. Hold on. Where did I lose my place here? Da, da, da. Yeah, killed his three other she's working. He said his starving family was counting on him to send money once he got to the United States and found work. Quote, my family has not eaten a cooked meal in months because there is no job except working for the cartel, he said. There is no wood to cut. There are no farms left to work in because of the drought. There is no water in the homes. Now his biggest fear is that he'll be kidnapped, kidnapped by a Mexican cartel that will exchange him for another captive held by the Honduras cartel. So there you go. Here's another one. What's your name? Martin Rios. Martin Rios, who runs a kitchen to feed the migrants in this Timbuktu town, confirmed the deal between the drug cartels. Many immigrants who take the train are kidnapped, kidnapped by the cartel cartels here and exchanged with other cartels. Wow. That's, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, just transferring employees. What's wrong with that? He said, they are often used as slaves. The women are sexually harassed and often used in human trafficking business. Sexually harassed, I'm guessing they're just getting gang raped. I'm guessing that's what that means. How nice. Vicky Fox, who has, a, who has done research on the issue at the University of London, said nine out of ten Central American migrants had been the victim of a serious crime in southern Mexico, ranging from armed robbery and assault to gang rape and attempted murder. Fox said some migrants reported extortion by local Mexican authorities, too. But this is the tip of the iceberg of the abuse, which includes mass kidnap, rape, disappearance, and murder at the hands of organized crime groups such as the Zetas, or the Zetas, maybe it's pronounced. Those who cannot pay for their release are murdered, and their bodies have been cut into pieces and burnt or dissolved in chemicals and made into fertilizer to spread on the fields, Fox added. All traces of them, of their humanity, disappeared. That's nice. Now, I, I don't, you know, what do we do? We just want to send them home, right? We just want to send these illegal alien savages back to Mexico. I mean, just think if we started, like, kidnapping them and chopping them up into little pieces, right? Come on. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, when I call them illegal alien savages, I don't just do that flippantly, call them savages. They're savages, right? I mean, that's what savages do, right? Am I wrong? Am I missing something here? Uh, Let's see here. Human rights violations, rape, murder, extortion... Here we go. Human rights violations, rape, murder, and extortion of migrants in Mexico is rampant, and authorities turn a blind eye or actively participate in it, this woman said. Then, <coughs> excuse me. The National Institute of Migration, the Mexican agency that deals with Central American migrants, did not respond to requests for comments. Well, why would they? I mean, why would they? They, they, don't, they don't have a conscience. They don't, you know, they're perfectly uh, okay with what they're doing. Like, why? It's what we do down here. I mean, I mean, you should know that. You know, if you're coming from Honduras or, or somewhere in, in, in Central America, you know, you, you should know that when you cross the border, you know, we're, that you, you're putting your life at risk. You know, we have drug cartels here. Our government is corrupt. You, people know this, or if they don't, they should. And so when they come here, they do so at their own risk. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that would be their statement, right? And, you know, I'm guessing that's what their public, uh, like, you know, spokesperson, right, would, would say, 
if they were to comment. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's because, I mean, it just makes sense. Let's see here. We're about at the end here. Rios, who runs this, uh, da, 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 three the society. Yeah, okay, it's about it. It just kind of goes on redundantly about the rape and murder. No, let's see here. This is there's some kind of an overview here. Eh, little graph. Nothing really important there. So, okay. Well, there you go, guys. <coughs> you know, and this is out of the USA Today, by the way. So, the mainstream publication. And I just wonder if anybody reads that or has read that, and and what what people think about that. You know, because you know we're too busy in this country. You know, uh, us on the other side being attacked by, you know, the liberals and the Obamas and, and the Clintons, right? And, and even some Republicans were being attacked for, you know, our so-called racism or, uh, you know, mistreatment of these, these poor, poor illegal alien savages that just come here looking for, you know, uh, just trying to come here to better their lives. And look, I've had people close to me, you know, kind of be sympathetic in that way. Oh, they're just, hey, man, they're just coming here. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. I don't care if their lives are so bad, they need to fix them down there because when they come here, they make everybody's life bad. You know, I'm tired of paying for other people's, you know, I'm tired of, Hey, I got stuff I need. Okay. I don't want to have to, you know, uh, buy toothpaste and, and, you know, bus passes for, for, you know, every illegal alien savage that, you know, comes here looking for a better life. Now, if that sounds harsh, you know, if that sounds, uh, you know, well, harsh, but too bad. Too bad. Here's the thing, though. I think, it, in my opinion, it's much more humane to send them back to their own country in, where they can thrive in their own culture, right? And maybe with some tools to, like, fix their government, right? I think this has been brought up in the past. Send them, send them home. We have probably... the. And, I'm sure, and I know we do. The military has, you know, uh, crates, warehouses full of, uh, of, of uh, you know, firearms, right? I mean, I, I, you know, we know this because of all the police forces out there that have been militarized with militarized <laughs> weaponry, right? So just give each and every one of these savages a freaking M16 or a, or a squad automatic weapon, right? A couple crates of ammunition, right? Give them you know, one of the surplus pickup trucks or minivans that the, the government's not using anymore, pack them in it, give them a $500 Visa gift card to get gas, send them on their merry way. There you go, with a little bit of a, uh, a game plan, like an op order or something like that. You know, maybe have some ex-rangers, some ex-special forces guys, show them some, some squad tactics and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Give them a ranger handbook even, a couple U.S. Army field manuals. Here you go. Uh, here you go. Back off you go, back down to Guadalhuchie. And hey, man. Have at it, and then they could fix the government. Wouldn't that be much more humane? I mean, that like that. All of the, what I just said might sound far fetched, but what's better? What's better for them, really? You know, because here we're told that they're living in constant fear, right? They're just constant fear of, uh, you know, uh, what uh, immigrations and custom enforcement coming and ripping them and tearing their families apart and blah blah. Right? So hey, man. We're going to keep you all together, okay? There's, you know you're going to live in fear any longer of your family being ripped apart. We're going to keep you all together. We'll put you. Hey, we have spare buses. If it, I mean, if there's like, if there's like 93 of you, hey man, we'll give you a bus, okay? We'll give you an old surplus Greyhound bus and a thousand dollar Visa gift card, 
Okay, and we'll load the luggage compartment up with M60s, uh, Mark 19s, some Laws rockets, hand grenades, okay, uh, pistols, you name it, crates of ammunition, and, and some spare MREs and some old sea rations. Off back you go to Guadalajara. I'm guessing they would be much more happier. And $1,000 to them is probably like a million dollars to us down there. Who's going to take their money then? Who's going to kidnap them then? When they show up in this bus and, oh, the drug cartel is going to see that bus, they're going to go, man, that thing's cool. We're going to go take that bus. Well, when they go and try and take the bus and get mowed down by a squad automatic weapon, I think they're going to change their mind a little bit, right? And then these people can build a decent community then, right? They can get rid of the corrupt government officials. Then it's up to them, right? Then it's up to them to either change, you know, their government, change the government officials, right? Change the structure and everything, the whole landscape of the of the area, right? It's up to them. It'd be up to them. And I think they'd be much more happier. They're in Guadalhuchi. That's where their roots are. Their kids can go to the local school, the local elementary school there in Guadalhuchi, and bingo, you know, they've got a grocery store. It's fully stocked. No more drug cartel. No more bad, corrupt government officials. There you go. I think I just solved, I think I just solved the illegal immigration problem right there. So anyway, I thought I'd share that with you as well. See, we're coming up on the break here, so I don't want to get too far into my next topic here. I want to talk about Stephen Colbert a little bit. Now, I, I, I don't know why I want to talk about this clown, uh, but I have, to, the, 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 I have to ask the question, does anybody watch this guy? Does anybody, does anybody watch Stephen Colbert? I, I know he's supposed to be, like, really popular. He used to be on the Comedy Central channel or something. He had some kind of show on there, and the guy's really a clown. And I'm pretty sure he took over for David Letterman. Now, I liked David Letterman. I thought he was, you know, he was kind of one of those old school late night guys like Johnny Carson. And those guys were, they're just, they were better than the ones that we have now. Uh, now, I know Dave, David Letterman was kind of, kind of a lefty whack job, but he, he was kind of fair and balanced and he, he, he could interview somebody. And so I thought it was odd that the, uh, they replaced him with uh, Stephen Colbert. I'm like, really, Stephen Colbert? That guy's a freaking clown. So anyway, he uh, he's come out and called Donald Trump. Uh, he's basically call him a, calling him a Nazi. See, they get away with that. The left, you know, they, they get they just routinely get away with uh, with calling people Nazis. So I hear the music, guys, and we'll check back with you after the break.
this Alabama people, don't you try to dog him round. needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
we go. Some southern hard rock, little Leonard Skinner, Molly Hatchet. Welcome back, guys. Second half of the Condition Critical Show here. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. Again, I'm live today. It's Thursday, 16, day of June 2016. Now, 40 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, which means you can go to the American Voice Radio. Or hold on, let me say that over. AmericanVoiceRadio.com or TheAmericanVoice.com. Kind of the same thing there, gets you to the same place and all that. I have a website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. You should check it out. Now I'll get, I'll, I'll fill in the rest of the information at the end of the show, uh, contact information. Let's just move right along. I set it up uh, before the break. I want to talk about this clown, Stephen Colbert. And I wish I could say more about him. I mean, I, because, you know, just for some background, but I, I've never watched the guy, you know. So I, I could be wrong in my perception that the, that the guy's a clown. I mean, you guys tell me. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't watch them either. Uh, like I said, these late-night guys that are on TV now, and I, I'm aware of who most of them are. He, he's one of them. you got, like, Jimmy Fallon. and do you, Is there a Jimmy Fallon or is it a Jimmy Kimmel? Or is that one the same guy or whatever? I don't watch any of them. Anyway, Stephen Colbert. What's the headline? Colbert explains Trump's Orlando response with swastika. That's right. And there's a little video attached to this. I'm not going to play it. But the image on it, uh, you know, he's trying to be clever, right? And he's using like a, he's, he's, he's like using the swastika as like a, a, gra- a graph or something like that. You know, he thinks he's being clever. You know, like I said, these liberals, these progressives out there, they routinely uh, throw that, smear, that, that type of smear out there. Uh, on people, because they, they know for the most part that it works, man. Just call somebody a Nazi. Nobody wants to be called a Nazi. Stephen Colbert went after Donald Trump for seven and a half straight minutes Tuesday night in a critique that ultimately included the use of a Nazi swastika to explain the presumptive Republican nominee's comments following the mass shooting in Orlando. The Late Show host rattled off a series of Trump's responses after the shooting, attack at a homo nightclub in Orlando over the weekend that killed 49 people and injured 53 others, allegedly. I added the allegedly. First, Colbert pointed to Trump's tweet in which he said he appreciated the congrats for being right on radical Islamic terrorism. And, you know, he did say that in some context or some fashion or form. He did, you know, and he, and he is right about it, you know. And so what's wrong with gloating a little bit? I mean, come on, man. You know, I oftentimes, you know, say, hey, man, come on, it was, it's not that serious or whatever. And we're not, I, I say things like, we're not saving lives over here. But in this context, with, as far as radical Islamic terrorism goes, we are trying to save some lives here. So I think, you know, when Trump says, hey, man, I told you, I told you, essentially, right? What's wrong with that? Hey, I would do it, too. As news of the attack was still coming in Sunday, Donald Trump took to Twitter to express his solidarity with himself, tweeting, I called it, Coburn said, referring to Trump's response. So what there, Colbert? So what? Like I said, he was right. He's allowed to gloat a little bit. Then Colbert went through the speech Trump gave on Monday where he attempted to make Orlando a campaign issue and doubled down on his call for a temporary ban on Muslims entering the country. So he's going to go after Trump for using Orlando as a campaign issue. Really? Okay. He's going to do that. And he did do that. And no other politician is doing that. Oh, isn't Obama there right now? Didn't he just speak there today? 
I saw a couple of news blips that, you know, he's down there, can, you know, consoling the alleged, you know, families of these homos or whatever. Of course, everybody, that's what politicians do, man. Jeez. He's not the first, at least. Trump, that is, isn't the first to use some kind of a tragedy or an event as a campaign issue. <laughs> Give me a break there, uh, Colbert, you freaking clown. All right, where did I leave off? Uh, here it is. Uh, yeah. This whole speech with its nativism is fear-mongering, and especially its self-aggrandizing in the face of a tragedy feels like a new low, Colbert said. He then added, Trump's speech, unbelievably, was the least controversial part about his reaction to Orlando. Just listen to what he said about President Obama. A clip of Trump's phone interview with Fox and Friends Monday was shown in which Trump said, look, we're led by a man that is either not tough, not smart, or he's got something else in mind. There's something else going on. It's inconceivable. There's something going on. Uh, okay, there's Stephen. What's wrong with saying that? He's questioning uh, Obama's leadership. I mean, that's always been in question. But you just you see, here's the thing. You, you lefty loons out there don't have, don't have any common sense. You know, so you can't have that. Jeez. Later, Colbert aired an interview aired an interview Trump had on Boston's uh, a Boston radio station with the host Howie Carr. Actually, the show was the Howie Carr show. Never heard of him. Uh, where he was asked to to uh, to uh, explain what he meant. You know, sometimes when they write these articles, they leave words out, and it's hard to read them. Well, you know. I'll let people figure that out for themselves. This is, what, uh, this is what Trump told Howie. Because to be honest with you, there certainly doesn't seem to be a lot of anger or passion. There was certainly not a lot of anger. So, you know, I'll let that, you know, we'll let that, and this is kind of Trump speaking, uh, we'll let people figure it out for himself. That's kind of, they were putting, it looks like they're putting several comments and trying to make a sentence and it's not adding up. That's what they do. They don't even know how to report their own news. Colbert then decided he would try and figure it out himself. He pulled out a chalkboard where he connected phrases Trump had used, and this is where the pattern, and this is, you know, where the pattern of the Nazi swastika came up. So there you go. That's just a little bit of a critique, if you will, or a little bit of honest and accurate reporting on Stephen Colbert. And here, you know, getting back to what I was talking about in the first half of the show with the Internet, and I do believe, I don't think it's a far-fetched idea that, you know, they're floating that out there so they can, take control of the internet. We all know they want control of the internet. And I believe one of the, one of the reasons, because there are many, and, and there are, there are many reasons why, I be, but I believe one of them, the reasons is, is because, you know, it, it, with the internet, with it being open source, and it still is to a, a very large degree, it's still very open source, it's like, hey man, everybody's a reporter now. You know, look, I, have, I do a radio show, and I'm just a truck driver, I have a blog, and, and, you know, I'm not the only one. There's millions of us out here, you know. And so I, they have to hate that. They, that has to, you know, that, that I'm, I'm certain that that's one of the things, one of the aspects uh, that they dislike the most is that, you know, now anybody can just report the news, you know, and, you know, because, and, and report it, you know, like, truthfully and factually. In other words, you know, it's no longer just NBC night, uh, nightly news out there. It's no longer, like, Dan Rather or Tom Brokaw or Ted Koppel, you catch my drift, or that clown, Katie Couric, that absolute clown who is Katie Couric. I have no idea why that female 
is still on the air. It's just unbelievable. It doesn't make sense to me. She is a complete jack wagon. So, but see, with the internet, hey man, anybody can be, you know, Katie Cork or Dan Rather or, you know, Morley Safer, right? And they, that has to grade on them. So anyway, wanted to re, uh, kind of point that out to you, the whole Stephen Colbert thing. I don't watch the guy, and somebody would have to convince me otherwise uh, to, to watch this guy. Like, hey, he really is. He does a good show or something like that. But I can't imagine that he does. See, to me, and he's supposed to be a comedian, right? And look, in order for comedy to be funny, there has to be some factual stuff in it. There has to be a little bit of fairness in it, right? Right? There has to, there has to be some, like, some truth, and right? You can't just make stuff up, and you can't just, you know, have a chip on your shoulder all the time and, and expect, you know, people to, to think you're funny. This guy has an agenda, you know, and he's always had an agenda. Look, David Letterman was a leftist, but, you know, he was entertaining on his show. You know, he just was. He could interview people, and they had fun. He didn't always bring politics into it, in other words. He did a good show. Johnny Carson, same thing. Even Jay Leno, who I didn't like, didn't always, you know, didn't always, wasn't always just out there attacking like the Republicans or, or Christians, conservatives, or what have you. That's Stephen Colbert's whole mantra. That's just what he does. That's not funny. It's offensive, and he is offensive. I can't imagine that he's getting good ratings. I mean, I'm just a truck driver, but anyway, I can't imagine. All right. I have one more thing to go over, share with you today. This is going to be, let me find it. We've all heard about, and this, let's, this is kind of really moving along here, uh, of women in the military. I've talked about it at length, and you know, now, they can, now they're going to be in combat units, and all because they're the same, right? And they can do the same thing uh, that men can. Where is it here? Okay, here it is. Let it queue up. This is, for, this is from the local station out here, Cairo 7. The headline is, Senate approves women registering for the draft. Because that's been an issue, right? And I haven't really talked about it that much. But my opinion on that is, well, you know how I feel about it in the first place, but that's not where we are. You know, they're, they're in there. They want them in there. They're trying to integrate them and make them all, you know, by saying we're all the same and all this blah, 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 right? So, hey. You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? So I think, yeah, they're girlies. You know, you just, hey, you wanted it, now you have to eat the whole thing, right? You can't have it, like, kind of both ways. You can't, you know, just, like, have, you know, you can't just be, like, halfway in. you got to be the whole way in. So, yeah, I believe that they should have to register for the draft. And this is a very short article. There's a picture above it, and it's, it's, it's really offensive. you got three women here. And they're all smiley-faced uh, women. And here's the one with a, uh, a ranger tab on her left shoulder. And that's just, uh, you know, it's just hard for me to, to look at, uh, given the fact that, you know, I possess a ranger tab. So, uh, whatever. To me, it, it really, you know, just kind of uh, diminishes the whole thing, you know. And I've said it. it I, I've contemplated contacting the department. I have. I've contemplated it contact in the Department of the Army and having them remove the Ranger Tab Award from my DD-214. Like, take it. I don't want it. Okay, this is, if this is what you're going to do with it, then I want no parts of it. I haven't done that. Uh, because it, and at the same time, it wouldn't matter. I still earned it, you know. Now, this is out of Washington, but it's a local station here, Cairo 7. The Senate has 
defied. Oh, hold on, this is small. The Senate has defined a White House uh, defined, yeah, a White House veto threat and voted decisively to approve a defense policy bill that authorizes, wow, $602 billion in military spending. The bill passed Tuesday by a vote of 85 to 13. President Barack Osama objected uh, to numerous provisions in the legislation, including a prohibition on shuttering the Guantanamo Bay, closing blah, 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 the White House, the opposed language bills, blah, 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 security staff, and this new and that, hold on the bill. Okay, and the bill also requires, it just went through what that bill was going about. I was beginning to think uh, they reported, you know, this is a different article here, but it isn't. The bill requires young women to register for the military draft. The mandate has angered social conservatives who fear the mandate is another step toward blurring gender lines. Another step toward blurring gender lines? We're already there, okay? We're already there. And almost, I consider myself to be a social conservative, and I'm saying what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Absolutely. I mean, because they're there, they're in. So, yeah, if, if, you know, my son has to register for the draft at 18, then, you know, the other guy down the street's daughter, when she uh, turns 18, needs to t- take her prissy little butt down to the post office and register for the draft, too, because that's what you wanted, girls. That's what the girls wanted. They, you know, they kicking and screaming. They beat the door down. Congress let them in. And now they, like I said, now they must eat the whole thing. There you go. They must eat the whole thing. All right. Just one more example of, and you can just put that into the category of, I thought we were all the same. But you know how that goes. We're all the same until we're not. Here's something short. Close out the day here. Close out the week. This is from USA Today. You know, there's, and, and this is just another example of, of you know, of, of bad government, I guess, you know, corrupt government. Seven state workers indicted for food stamp fraud that cost U.S. nearly $1 million. This is out of Wilmington, Delaware. Seven Delaware Department of Health and so- Social Services caseworkers have been indicted on charges. They created fake food stamp benefits accounts for personal use or to sell, state officials announced Tuesday. A month-long investigation by state and federal agencies revealed that the former caseworkers defrauded the U.S. U.S. government of more than $959,000. This is a quote. I find it especially cruel and disheartening that anyone would steal from a supplemental food benefit program for personal gain and greed, DHSS Secretary Rita Langsford, or Landgraf, said in a statement. Yeah, she's just heartbroken over that, I'm sure. We have continued to be in close contact with our federal partners and will keep working with them to strengthen the internal controls that will make it more difficult for these crimes to occur. (laughs) Really? You think so? That's going to work out real well for them, isn't it? I mean, it's worked out so far. While ensuring that red flags are raised as immediately as possible when they do, uh, Langgraf added. The first case of suspected fraud was discovered in December 2014 by a supervisor within the Division of Social Services who could not find the required documentation to support a benefits case during her case reviews. And it just kind of goes on to list uh, these seven people and, you know, the amount of money that they stole. And, hey, man, that's what state workers do. I mean, that's what people do in government, right? And so why? Well, that's what our officials do. I mean, right? That's what our officials routinely do, misappropriate money. Uh, oops, $7 billion missing from the uh, uh, you know, Department of Defense, or maybe it was $200 billion or 
whatever it was, remember, 400, but whatever, oops. You know, hey, well, actually, I don't know where that went. You know, I don't know where that, you know, warehouse full of uh, $1,000 bills went. So why should uh, we treat, or, or why should the state workers get treated any differently? Our politicians routinely get away with it. So they're just, they're just doing what, what, you know, what the officials are already doing. I don't see a problem with it personally. Hey, you know, I mean, if you can, I mean, if you can get to, who doesn't like free money? I mean, that, that, that's what we give the illegal aliens, and, and that's okay. That's routinely approved of, and, and we're not supposed to question that. Hey, they're just trying to better their lives, Come, coming back around, you know, full circle, right? So I don't see a problem uh, there with this. But, you know, uh, these seven people, it doesn't look like any of them are going to do jail time. And let's see, let me just see here, because I read the article last night. No, they're just... Uh, they're being fined a lot of money. They're having to pay back. It's, it shows. And it looks like each and every one of them is just getting probation and, like, uh, community service. So there you go. They must have had good lawyers or, or you know, the state didn't want to get too deep into this, right? You know, because they, they, then it would open up, like, a whole new can of worms, right? They're like, okay, let's just kind of slap them on the wrist because we don't want, uh, you know, we don't want too much light shown over here on, on our, our little escapades. All right, guys. We are at the end of the show here, so wanted to a little bit of contact information. You can contact me via my website, conditioncriticalshow.com. Uh, check out my blog. Got an email there. Cell phone number two five three nine seven three two nine nine five. You all know you can text me or call me. Yeah, send me a song request or uh, send me an article you'd like me to maybe go over. That's been done before. So that and American Voice Radio and all that. Yeah. Okay, we're at the end of the show, guys. And as I always like to say at the end of uh, my show, and again, I, I have two things now to say, and I'm going to continue to say them. So if you're listening out there, Department of Homeland Security, I am encouraging all, each and every one of you, to be all that you can be and become a domestic terrorist. There's only one way to take this country back, and we have to do that. So be all that you can be and become a domestic terrorist. Secondly, and this is the case as well, and it always is, freedom comes from the sword. God bless you guys, and I will be back on the air next week. See you then. Take care, guys. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is June 16, 2016. 
Saints, the world is in turmoil. Most still just don't realize it, but we are in the time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and over or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. You know, you can always find my email address and updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address on our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally, so please pray about supporting our time. Now, I've got a, a couple small things to, to say real quick before I bring on our guests. Make sure you tune in to the 7 o'clock program tonight. It's going to be a real special program. Um, Frank, uh, my producer, which has the Frank Report, is going to be on with me. And he and I are going to talk about Orlando and some of the conditions that's going on in America, some things that I just really need to voice and get out to you. We were going to have Rabbi Messianic Rabbi uh, uh, Ishak, uh, Ishak uh, Shapiro on with us, but we put him off until June 30th so we can talk to you um, in the, the Prophecy Hour program later on. Anyway, um, a lot of people, you know, I hear them say, well, we're going to have a, a, a moment of silence, uh, you know, for these victims, and I'm, you know, that I'm not going to do that. And the people that are dead are, are dead. You can't pray for them and do anything for them. Whatever is done with them is done with them. That's between them and the Father. But I will pray for their families, and I'm going to pray for the country. I'm not going to have a moment of silence, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to bring our guest on real quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Father, I really lift up um, America in general, Father. I pray that America would return and turn away from its sin, but I don't know that it will, Father. So I pray for all the individual families out here, especially the families uh, that lost victims at Orlando, Father. I'm just so scared that it could happen next at somebody's football game or baseball game or movie theater or anywhere or even another nightclub, Father. And so I just pray that America repents and that it doesn't have to go too far before it does. And that I said you just bless everyone that's listening tonight, but make sure that you bless the folks with your presence that have lost loved ones or have, and I pray for a speedy recovery for those that were just injured in the attack. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. You know, uh, again, I want to, tonight I want to thank our listener base again. Um, that are listening to us. People like in Beijing, China, Kaduri, Nigeria, Paris, France, the United Arab Emirates, um, all over California, like San Jose, places like Newark, New Jersey, New York, New York, Dallas, Texas, Plano, Texas, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, Illinois, you know, are all places that are listening to our program. And for the record, we noticed that there was a whole bunch of radio programs picked up this last week in San Jose, California, and San Francisco is now listening to us. Um, I don't know why, but we had a, in the podcast, we had a lot of uh, downloads over there and plays. So you folks over there in California and San Francisco, you guys be blessed. Anyway, 
We also have our biggest, uh, other than the, the spurts like that, our biggest listener base is in Wichita, Kansas. You folks in Wichita, stop by the Mission Church. Pray about seeing what you can do to help us, because after all, it is your city. Anyway, now a prayer for our guests. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Father, I pray radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, nor our guests' will. So please, Father, give everyone out there those who wish to hear the truth. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, our guest tonight has served, in, served the last 30 years as pastor, evangelist, and equipper in the ministry. In the last several years, he's been called into the arena of teaching prophecy. His ministry, the sure word of prophecy, has a mission to de- help believers to understand Bible prophecy, to prepare them for the turn of Yeshua, and to provide an unarguable um, presentation to unbelievers that there is indeed one who knows the end from the beginning. The one that knows the end from the beginning, of course, we all know that you should. It is his vision to share the prophetic word of the Bible with scoffers, agnostics, and atheists, providing them with the evidence they need to turn them to a saving faith in Yeshua the Messiah. And I also pray that this radio program, not only that, but there's so many people out there that claim to be Christians, but they're just not walking the walk. You need to walk the walk in order to be saved. You can't just say, I'm saved, and sit out on the couch. Anyway, you can check out his website again at surewordprophecy.org, surewordprophecy.org. And tonight, he's planning on speaking on Satan's master plan, a world gone mad. It indeed is gone mad. Welcome back, Steve Henderson. There with me, Steve. Grace and shalom to you, Pastor Dan. I'm happy to be on with you again. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, amen. I'm I'm really glad to have you on, and and uh, I try to keep you booked at least once a month because uh, the folks do like what you say, and I like what you say, and and uh, you give good feedback, Steve. This does seem like the world has gone mad. I mean, you know, what do you think about Orlando? Orlando? Well, it's pretty obvious. Uh, the seams are falling apart here in this country, and we have uh, recognized uh, the, the problem since actually 2001 that, uh, that something definitive is happening to the Western civilization, especially the United States, uh, with the uh, bombings of the World Trade Center. And from there, it's just gone downhill. And I don't think we take uh, the the Islamic terrorist mindset real uh, seriously. And we think it's something that happens over there and it's continue over there. But their whole mindset is to destroy Western civilization and uh, Israel. And that's the same thing that uh, Hitler had in mind uh, back there in Nazi Germany. And the same mindset is here with Islam, and and I don't see how any how Hitler could have gotten away with what he did, but he did, and I'm not so sure. I know why uh, Islamic terrorists are getting away with what they do, but it is their whole intent to spread the Sharia uh, law across across the world, and they are now uh, serious enough to be strapping bombs on themselves uh, to going into to businesses and. And uh, community centers, and uh, you know, bars and clubs, and wherever else, to try to uh, to to really voice their message. And I really believe we are in a very, very serious mode of operandum at this moment, brother. Um, yeah. And I, I think we need to start uh, seriously taking a look at how to eradicate this before it gets larger. Amen. I just think this is the the, uh, the Satan's master plan to create chaos. Well, 
I agree. Well, of course, Satan's behind it, absolutely, and let alone with the Muslim thing, you know, because he who denies, uh, the Son denies also the Father, and that's the spirit of Antichrist, and they deny Yeshua is the, the Son of the, our living God. Yes. Um, having said that, and uh, then I'll basically let you uh, talk to us, it's just that I just pray that Americans would wake up, you know, that. They, you know, so many people listen to us and say, "Well, we're gonna." It's Thursday night. Let's go listen to Bible prophecy. You know what? And but they don't do anything about it. It's like they don't take it to heed. They really need to understand a warning. And you know, I went on a friend's uh, uh, that's been a friend for years, and I never go on anybody else's Facebook page. I I rarely even do Facebook. I just use it to post radio programs on. Having said that. Um, I happened to go on this uh, friend that had helped out the church many times, and I knew he was, you know, left-leaning. And I went on his Facebook page to see what kind of things that they were printing. And I was just shocked at all of the the, the lies, you know, the left lies that are on there, and, and the people actually believe it. So they're totally unprepared. They, do, they totally don't get it that Islam's out to kill them. And like I said in my, in my prayer, you know, it could be somebody's baseball game, or it could be a trip to the movie theater, or a summer concert that somebody goes to. Although I think that for the most part, I think there is a lot of, of Islamic um, uh, terrorists in this country. I think they're waiting to do it all at once. Back to you. Yes, I, I you know, this madness isn't going to stop. Uh, and will it turn on us who are trying to live in peace outside the Muslim world? Uh, uh, and if so, what can we do? Well, we already know the answer. It's already here, and it's in our space, brother. And in, in, in Western Embassies, Africa, in two-block offices of Towers on Manhattan Island, in Madrid, in London, in Paris, in Belgium, you know, this is an all-out war. And I don't think we. I think we we have just really just kind of thought it could be something that could be contained over there, but it's here now. And it's something we're going to have to deal with, and it's something that I think Christians ought to be alerted to, uh, uh, considering the prophetic word and how dangerous times are coming. And uh, and I don't think we take it seriously enough. In fact, I think a lot of people put their fingers in their ears, and they don't want to hear about it. Uh, but I, it's in my estimation that, uh, however we you know view our present state of affairs in the world, there is a, a gospel full of good news that will really become good news pretty soon. Uh, good news is even better in the midst of bad news, and when things get real bad, good news get gets really b- better. Don't you think, brother? Yeah, amen, amen. That was quite a speech, but I I totally agree with it. Uh, good news looks better in the darkest of days. Yeah, amen. It, it does. It, it, it's so clear, you know. We hear uh, we hear on a program like you know CNN and and uh, the Fox News Network. Uh, only give you a, a certain picture of, of what's going on around us. And I'm so thankful, Brother, for your program that uh, that actually uh, gives not only just the rest of the story, but the best of the story. And, and, you know, it's all about gloom and doom and trouble, but it's also about the, 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 the coming order of things where God is going to, it's the gospel of the kingdom, a uh, kingdom that's coming uh, that, that will eradicate this, this madness that we uh, are experiencing in our world today. Yeah, amen. And like so many have said before me, you know, I know the end of the book, amen. And amen. So, uh, I know who wins. But that, that doesn't mean that there's a lot of perilous days ahead. What do you think that we can expect in light of what all we can see? Yeah, so that's what I hope to, to end with this evening. Uh, 
I would like to kind of take a look at just a list and determine by the characters uh, where we find ourselves in the prophetic time clock. Okay. Uh, very evidently, uh, you know, it, it, the scriptures are replete with evidence. And so let, let's look at it honestly for a second. Uh, I'd like to start out by reading a little bit of Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. We're all pretty well familiar with those those uh, those verses, but I'd like to, to uh, start out with that today. Uh, in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 9, Paul says, Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then it says, from such people turn away. For this sort of those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all. Amen. This book, the Bible, says that in the last days, this type of people would be all around the earth. And if, if there were ever a time when that is so true, uh, this list that we have just looked at here, uh, they're, they're here. Uh, every one of them are here. And perilous times, the Greek word chalipos means troublesome, dangerous, harsh, fierce, or savage times. So when you put all these folks together, what do you think you get, brother? What do you... Chaos. A world gone mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A world gone mad. I didn't know he was going for that, but that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to understand the news of this week, it's hard to come away with any feeling that, that we're in the, the midst of a world gone mad. And this is, of course, by grand, or shall I say, not so grand design. Uh, this is the master of disasters plan. Uh, this master plan to put the whole world into a tailspin and turmoil and then raise up his leadership to get the whole world in alignment with this plan to bring everyone underneath its deceptive authority. And this is exactly what has to happen in order, in order for people to, to bind together and, bring, and come into unity and set leadership in place that will uh, begin to dictate from, from uh, the authority of, of the devil. It says that, that the whole world will, will be involved eventually in this plan, uh, and it will come across in a deceptive way where it's going to come across with peace and security guaranteed. And uh, so will this madness stop? I don't know. I just uh, recently uh, read an article out of yesterday's news. Uh, it was entitled, uh, well, let me look at the article here. I, I just lost it. My, my apologies. Uh, the title of it is FBI Swamped by an Avalanche of Terror Tips. And it goes on to say in this particular uh, article, this is yesterday's news, Orlando marks a third attack, including the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings and the shootings last year at Garland, Texas, the ex exhibition of cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, involving an individual who had been interviewed by the FBI, amid an avalanche of terror tips 
James Comey, the bureau's director, says that tracking the troubled souls drawn to radical Islam represents a vexing challenge for his agents. The number of ISIS cases in the United States is unprecedented. Uh, the U.S. has charged 88 individuals with ISIS-related crimes over the past two years, said Mr. Hughes. In the past year alone, there have been 61 arrests, two or three times the typical figure. It goes on to say, some of those caught in the anti-terror dragnet were deadly serious. In February, John Booker of Topeka, Kansas, pleaded guilty to charges of planning to detonate a car bomb on or nearby a U.S. Army base. How far is that from you, brother? I guess that... Where at? Topeka, Kansas. Topeka is yeah. 90 minutes from Well, that's, that's safe enough, then. <laughs> anyway, there yeah. was one... Uh, he was planning on detonate a car bomb in the U.S. Army base there in Topeka. Booker, also known as Mohammed Hassan, planned to use a half ton of ammonium nitrate, kind of like the thing that happened over in Oklahoma City, an explosion that would have killed U.S. soldiers and himself, according to the Justice Department. Others hardly seem like terrorist masterminds. However, Emmanuel Lutchman was arrested on December 30th on charges of planning a machete attack on patrons at Rochester, New York, in a diner. An ex-convict and convert to Islam uh, had a history of mental illness, and they're writing this all off the mental illness, but this is far deeper than mental illness. This is this is religious um, psychopath uh, uh, mindset. This is these are people that are so serious about their faith that they'll strap a bomb on them and blow themselves up uh, to go in the presence of seventy-two virgins. And this is a type of thing uh, that wants to remove, um, you know, our our uh, our culture because we're we're. Uh, we are the Western civilization, and we have the the uh, highest crime rate. Pornography is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and I can see from their mindset, if you're very religious, that you'd want to remove that from your society because it is a yeah. liberty has put a noose around our neck, and it's about to about to hang us. And, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and, and what they're doing is they're simply fighting for the cause of Allah, and they're trying to put a law in place. If you, could, if you still, you get your hand cut off over there in the Middle East, and I have a feeling that if that happened over here, there'd be a lot less thieves. Don't you think, brother? Well, absolutely. I'd like to throw a comment in on this. Um, you know, you're right in that sense. They, that's what people want to call a millennial because they, it doesn't line up with Western thinking, and that's the problem that we've had in all of the war with Islam is they have not got into the mindset of Islam to see what it thinks. Islam is just trying to be, in their eyes, not mine, in their eyes, they are trying to be righteous by by wiping out infidels, people that aren't believers. They try to kill, or shooting all the gays. That's because they believe they should be put to death, and so on and so forth. So they're trying in their hearts for a righteous cause which technically doesn't make it a mental illness because they're doing right in the eyes of their God. Back to you. Well, I could say it must be a pretty sincere faith. I can't imagine strapping a bomb on me and blowing myself up into, into smithereens, but uh, that's how well, serious they are. Let me ask you a question. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Sure. You couldn't imagine strapping a bomb on yourself and blowing yourself up smithereens. I agree with you. But could you imagine if uh, one of these guys uh, held a sword to your neck and said, uh, either renounce Yeshua or die, what would you do? See, brother, this is uh, where I'm heading with this uh, here, hopefully, before uh, we get through this evening. Uh, I I believe uh, we need a call to arms, and that's uh, arming ourselves with God's Word and being strictly planted in 
firmly uh, set on a foundation for when these winds begin to blow, uh, and they are blowing as we speak, but uh, the wind's going to get uh, pick up on this thing. And, uh, and we need to hear the words and obey them. Jesus said this, Yeshua said, <clears throat> if you hear the words of mine and, and, uh, and do them, then you will be likened to a man to build his house upon a rock. And when the winds and the storms hit the house, your house will stand. But if you hear the words and, 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 uh, and don't do what, what I uh, say, then, then you're going to be likened to a man to build his house on the sand. And when that, the storm hits, great will be the fall of your house. And uh, I, I do plan on picking up on that in, here in a little bit uh, Okay. More, but, uh, I'll try not let the cat out of the bag too soon, okay? <laughs> That's okay. I'm giving you a little hint of where I'm heading on this. Uh, but right. very seriously, if you see the storm approaching, you need to have a storm shoulder, right? And right. Uh, we recognize that as we see the, the manifest signals of the group that uh, we just read about, uh, that, that, is, that is a group that we have in this world, and everyone's self-centered and Boastful and proud, and they blaspheme—they blaspheme you. Uh, you know these guys that are coming over here in this country right now—they're throwing gays off of buildings over there. And uh, and just this, this little incident that happened here—the most uh, the mass murder of, a, of a, a terrorist act outside of 9/11—has just hit our country here last week. It's high time that we wake, wake up out of our sleep. For now, is our salvation nearer than when we first believed? I believe that, uh, according to the article I just read, it said the agents are working on more than 900 active investigations. I, I think I heard last night 1,000 from the FBI. Under protocols established... Okay, I need to break in. We're going to go to break, but okay. I, I heard it last night. It was 1,000 or over. Yes. So we probably heard the same one. But uh, we need to tell people where they can find your website so they can go check out all that great stuff you got over there. Sure. It's uh, surewordprophecy.org, and I've added some uh, really good things. I have a, a tab that's interesting and relevant, and there are three videos on there from the Clarion Project dealing with what we're talking about here that you all need to take a look at. And, I, I mean, it will bless you and to really enlarge your, your uh, thinking on what is taking place and what we're having to face here in our near future. So uh, hopefully that helps you. And that was what again? Uh, interesting and relevant is, is a tab. Uh, I have a lot of stuff over there. I have a prophetic news section, but the uh, tab is interesting and relevant. And those things there, the, the things that I'm putting on there, are very relevant uh, to Christians. And, uh, okay, and folks, I've got to go. Folks, we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Man's Prophecy Hour on American Voice Radio Network. Well, folks, of course, remember to pray tonight about a donation for work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. You know, it's summertime, and we get many more people, and we get lots of new people. And, you know, it increases just like it does in wintertime. When it gets either time it's extreme weather, we get more people. In both instances, donations drop. I don't know which is worse, the summer slump one or the winter one um, because of the holidays. But really, we do need your support for everything. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today. I said, you know, I, I really barely even got gas money. It's a, it's a, it's a 60-mile, one-trip one thing, 
120 miles trip. And so, you know, we really do need your support. But I'm, let me let you understand this. And I'm going to talk real quick so we can get back to our program. Um, we need your help for radio. Look, radio is the number one place that donations come in for the Mission Church. Last week, uh, week before last, I had to cancel the whole program because my radio computer that my board runs, my mixer board and my microphone runs through, just dropped during the program, and so I, I was not. I had to cancel the whole program. Today, um, I fired that same computer up. It, I had to work on it for three and a half hours before I got it to work. We could be talking, and it could just go completely out. We need some new equipment here, and in in, if you like our radio program or you get something out, we need your help to get some new equipment. I not only need one new computer, I, I actually need two new computers. I'm looking at a screen with all kinds of lines on it because the screen's out. I need some new equipment. We're trying to pray in at least $1,500 to $2,000 for new radio equipment so I can talk to you every week. And this isn't a want. This is a need. And you say, well, how does that help the Mission Church? Well, you folks out there that support the Mission Church, you should know that. You support the Mission Church because you heard about us where? You heard about us on radio. Now, um, so pray about it. Now, folks, we are the last hopes for so many. And, you know, we are responsible to care one for another as we are brothers keepers. All donation, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. Um, so pray about it. You can donate it online or mail a check or money order. And if you mail a check or money order, make sure you write on it. If it's for radio equipment, just write on it, radio. And if you send me a donation in the, in the, on electronically, please do the same. Any kind of donation will help. And now we're back with Steve Henderson, if he's still there. I am still there, brother, contemplating... Uh you know what kind of awesome, awesome thing you're doing, and uh, this is where you get the, like I say, not just the rest of the news, but the re- the best of the news. And God bless you for your calling and uh, and getting the word out. I was really impressed with the uh, audience. It's just going around, literally going around the world, and that's uh, an awesome thing. And I bet you didn't think that would happen when you first started this thing, did you? Oh my gosh, it, no, I didn't. But then this pl- thing that I use for used for podcasting, um, you know, when we put them up in after the live radio program that goes out on satellite. Um, and they have a tracking thing, and they show us where everywhere everybody listens, you know, um, you know where they download it or, or they hit play. And it's just simply amazing. You know, people in Russia listen to us. And I've had, I've had a guy from China send me about 2 or $3 every 2 or 3 months, you know, for a long, long time. And so, yeah, it is just amazing. No, I, it's weird, really, to talk to the other side of the world. Back to you. Yes, sir. Uh, with the uh, Internet, and uh, who knows how much longer we'll be able to to do this. Uh, that's the main method of uh, how these these uh, terrorists are getting yeah, communication I mean. is through the Internet. I, have, I just have this sneaking suspicion it's going to get monitored and shut down at some point in time. In order for them to control the masses, it's going to have to happen. So while we, as Yeshua said, we need to work while it's yet day, for the night is coming when no man can work. Amen? Amen. And, well, folks, and let me say this. We are on KU Band Satellite, and you can pick up one of these KU Band Satellites from Frank here at AVR 
I think it's for around $100, and you wouldn't believe some of the programs that you can hear on that, and we are live on it, and you can hear it anywhere within inside the, the uh, continental United States. And so if the Internet gets um, that way, you can still listen to us. We'll still be broadcasting. We'll be on KU Band Satellite as we are right now. And you can listen to us by telephone. Back to you. Well, you just have all kinds of angles, don't you, Pastor Dan? <laughs> well, for you. It, it's if, what if the plan Father A gave work, me. Use plan B, huh? Well, this is what the Father gave me, and that's why I'm on <laughs> ABR. We're listened to by a bunch of different ways. Good for you, brother. Well, it's pretty obvious this world system is unraveling, and it seems like the powerful players appear unable or unwilling to stop this thing that's rolling. And it's tempting to come up with a simple cause and a single narrative to explain the ongoing carnage around the world. But and we want to blame it all on Islam. But we have some pretty powerful players in the in the world scene, Putin being one of them, who uh, you know he wants to restore the Soviet Empire and and uh, and, and gobble up uh, territory. The Chinese are uh, are really, I guess they were bullying a a warship over there yesterday. Uh, there, there there's a lot of a lot of things to consider. Uh, Yeshua said. That uh, you know the wars and rumors of war would come, but be not troubled. The end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and famine and pestilence and earthquakes and and all the natural disasters that we see with a, with a uh, fragmented, uh, very uh, very thin um, layer of, of security with our financial global financial system. I I was reading uh, here the other day that there's something like four quadrillion. Uh, 40 trillion, uh, this is in world debt, three times of what uh, the world is taking in. And that, that time clock, that debt clock is just spinning out of control. At some point in time, um, we're going to be uh, held into, into uh, extreme um, distress because of a, of a system that we believe is going to save us, is going to collapse on us. And then what will we have once this thing uh, all falls apart? And this is Satan's master plan in his world of chaos and the world gone mad to bring this all together so that he can set up a system of security for those on the, on the inhabitants of the earth, and they'll just get uh, sucked up in this hook, line, and sinker. But, you know, in the midst of all the bad news, again, uh, we recognize that there are a lot of prophecies in Scripture that do give us much hope uh, that the future ahead of us is um, very, very um, uh, um, enlightening for those of us who are going to uh, have to go through some of this and maybe even have to give our, our our lives up for our faith. It says in Scripture, you know, if you lose your life, you'll save it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people in the Middle East right now that are getting their heads cut off, but these people are over here in, the, in, in I mean, over in the, in, in the Middle East. But these people here in the United States have the same mindset. But we are told to uh, to uh, be light. We are, when Jesus Yeshua left the earth, he said, "You know, I am the light of the world." But now I'm going to pass this torch to you, and you are the light of the world. And when you look at the metaphors of Scripture, we are to be these messengers of good news. And Yeshua said that, "Blessed is he uh, who, who, when the Lord comes back, he'll find doing something." And I see way too many that have this pile of gold and is not sharing it with anyone. But the scripture declares in Isaiah 60 that uh, one day that the, the saints would arise and shine. And it says, Arise, shine, 
for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And a nation shall come to your light, and a king's to the brightness of your rising. And, they, and your sons shall come from afar, and they will all gather together, and they will come to you. See, this is going to be an opportunity, as I said earlier, when bad news gets real bad, then good news gets even greater. And we are the messengers and bearers of this good news, and it's high time that we, that we get off, off of the, 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 the lackadaisical, lukewarm, uh, you know, going to church once a week and saying, hi, how are you, hope to see you next week type attitude, and get on with your, your own individual callings, because we are, we are called to be like co-workers, ministers of reconciliation. Uh, there's a lot of metaphors, uh, ambassadors, uh, salt of the earth, and when he comes back, he is going to render accountability to his servants. And we, if we have this gold, he, he will mandate us to share that gold with poor folks. And I'm talking about spiritually poor. Uh, according to the scripture, when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness of people, the Lord will arise over us and we, his glory will be seen on us. According to the prophet Joel, in the last days, in the last, last times, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And, and as it was in the early reign, when the disciples were all together and had one, one mind and, and one accord, the Spirit was poured out, and he said, you stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high that uh, you can become witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and all the, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And this word has been um, sowed, and now the whole earth is reaping the benefits of it, and it has gone out to the, the whole world as a witness against all nations, and now the end is coming. And the scripture says in the book of Daniel chapter 12 that during this time of trouble that those that are wise will shine as the brightness of the firmament and will turn many a stars into righteousness forever and ever. But brother, before then, we better be very, very aware of, of what we need to be doing in order to prepare for this. So we know that, that, that the world's gone mad. What do we do? Well, number one, uh, we need to have power from on high. And, and that comes from a, a total consecration and getting sin and stuff out of your life that the Lord is not pleased with. And unfortunately, there are way too many. And even in, you know, even in church, they're, they're, they're ordaining gay and lesbian um, uh, uh, clergy in the church. They're, they're allowing things in the church that ought not be there. Do you, don't you think, Brother? Absolutely, absolutely, and and I won't get anything big, but we've even had young people come in and, and tell us that adultery is completely all right, and I said, well, where'd you hear that? Well, they, they teach it in our church, and it's okay. We're not going to lose our salvation. Yeah. Back to you. For, for you here, is it here that the law, we're not under the law, but under grace? Yeah, the scripture does say that, but shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And I'm telling you that the, the Yeshua is coming for a church without spot or blemish. And he is trying to uh, mold you and shape you into his image so you can become that light uh, in, in, in a dark world. And this world is getting darker as we speak. Uh, what about the story of the light bulb? Uh, let me share a little metaphor with you. It's a okay. story of light bulb. Light bulb shown and shown and shown, accepting the attention of the world. 
And Lightbulb was quite full of himself because Lightbulb thought he was the source of his light. And then one day, somebody unscrewed Lightbulb and put Lightbulb on the table. And Lightbulb went black and cold. And try as hard as Lightbulb could, Lightbulb remained black and cold. Lightbulb had forgotten that Lightbulb was able to shine so brilliantly because Lightbulb was connected to the electricity by wires hidden away in the ceiling. Totally out of sight. But without those wires, light bulb was disconnected from the electricity, and light bulb remained cold and black. Brother, I'm wondering how many of us have a prayer every day to be possessed by the Holy Spirit and to be willing to, to go wherever that, that, um, that impression of the Spirit leads us. He's to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And in his four working phases of the Holy Spirit, he, he will convict you first, then he will cleanse you, he will convert you, and then the fourth thing he will do is commission you. And this is where, um, if there were ever a time when God is trying to raise up an army, because we are going to fight a battle uh, as this world go- goes mad, a battle between light and dark. And he's called the believers to be light. And, and if you're not in a everyday relationship, with Yeshua. It's, you know, Yeshua didn't say, if any man come after me, let me die himself and take up his cross and follow me once a week, did he? No, but he said uh, daily. And, and what I see is people are getting so comfortable with their Christianity that there are no discipleship programs taking place in churches. They, they, they take pride in their baptisms. But when a baby is birthed out on the street, Someone has to put a milk bottle in that baby's mouth in order to feed it, in order to, for uh, that baby to grow and mature in the faith. And he's called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry till we all come to the unity of faith and to the perfect man in the fullness and stature of the measure of Yeshua. That we're no longer tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine and these these crazy things that are teaching in these churches. And and, and just remember. Uh, if if a church is speaking out against God, Yahshua's law, and and uh, you know we're not under law, we're under grace, and or or they, or they say to you, well now you're saved, you just uh, just do anything you want to do. No, that is the beginning of your walk, and and the, the leadership should be discipling uh, these young converts and and growing them up into uh, into mature believers. But I think the problem is if the leadership is put in place. Uh, has never been discipled, and so they don't really know how to do it. And we wind up with a lot of spiritual babies. And as uh, Corinth did, he said, "You know, you're still you're still spiritual kids." And you, you know, but when I was a child, I, be, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And it's high time that we speak out against sin, against these, these things that are in church that are that are rampant, um, and, and and recognize that marvel not at this. Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light and his ministers into ministers of righteousness. So when you want to look for the devil, you look behind the pulpit, brother, because they're there. And they're all over the place. And so it's so imperative that you take your, your uh, time, and time is of essence. We are at that day when no man is going to be able to work. And, and Yeshua is saying, arise and shine, because the darkness is going to come to the earth, but I am going to call you out and call you into a work, and look out there. The, the harvest is, is ripe, but the laborers are few. 
And he is coming back, and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And, and, and in order for you to become a, a – uh, uh, understand your calling, you need to be in that book. You need to be uh, in the Word of, uh, of Yahweh every day. You need to be built on that solid foundation of the Word, because the world is going to speak to you, and it speaks very, very loud, and you need that other voice, the voice of the sweet Spirit of God in your, in your heart that tells you, this is the way that you should go walk in it, and, and, and abide and be obedient to, to this cause, because we are going to be rendered to accountability here in the near future. And, uh, and the Scripture says very clearly that he's in the, in the kingdom of heaven. I hope you don't hear that, that uh, phone, but uh, it's ringing. I'm at my office today. Uh, but uh, anyway. That's all right. It's not, a, it's not as bad as my train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear that on your program. That's pretty comical. You have to put put, put things on hold, or at least, uh, uh, yeah, yeah that, that train comes right on time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you're standing <laughs> out in the yard, you'll be talking with people, and you know, you just actually say, you know, we go, okay, stop. You know, we motion to each other, stop. You know, until the train goes by. Go yeah. ahead, back to you. Well, we do have a message, brother. Uh, uh, we we are going to be accountable for it. Uh, it is our privilege and responsibility. He's called us to be co-workers with him, and he has provided the remedy. And the remedy for the ills of fallen mankind and for this world gone mad uh, is that one of these days the promises of God are going to come to pass. As is found in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, uh, the Scripture uh, declares, Unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be one, called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, and upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And there is a government coming. That's going to wipe out every government, and one day he's coming with the clouds of glory, and he's going to come and he's going to smote that image that Daniel saw at the feet, and his kingdom is going to become the everlasting kingdom, and guess what? The saints will possess the kingdom. But, he's, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that in that day say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied your name, I've cast out demons, and did many wonderful works in the name of Yeshua, and he say, he will say to them, "Depart from me, you that work in equity. You, I don't even have who, a clue who you are." And those people who are um, saying they're underneath the banner of Yeshua need to get sin out of their life. They need to quit sitting there watching the television set and watching that smut that is all over TV, and get back in the book because when this storm begins to let loose, and it's we're right on the, the fringes of it at this moment, brother. We need to be planted on that on that uh, that solid foundation. His name is Yeshua, and uh, it's all about relationship and not about religion. And way too many hold the the building to be the the place to go to find God. But if you're not uh, if you're not outside uh, finding God, what good is it to go in that into that place uh, of worship once a week and, and and go and pray? If you're not praying outside, you're in big trouble. And you need to condition yourself 
for this fight, because this fight is coming, and this storm is coming, and it is a furious thing that's going to come, come upon us. And we need to know what his will is in our life. We need to understand that we need to be obedient, because obedience is the highest form of worship. And we need to know God's law. We need to know the Ten Commandments. And for those who, you know, I've, I always, uh, I've been uh, keeping the Shabbat for, for, uh, since I was a believer, and people call it the law of bondage. But you know what, brother? Uh, when everyone else is working, I take a day off, you know? I think we really need to, take, to call for peace. But way too many are trying to spiritualize that, that one commandment, uh, the fourth commandment, which identifies him as being the creator of the universe, uh, and spiritualize it away where we don't have to, to, to worry about that anymore. Well, I'm not worried about it. I'm the same when, when, when I, I keep God's law, I'm within the parameters, and I'm, and I'm keeping out of, out of harm's way. But if I step outside of those parameters, and I think I'm powerful enough, then I'm like the light bulb. I'm like, I'm like the light bulb who disconnects himself from the power source. And when you're sinning and you're spending time in other things outside of God's work, which must be done before he comes back, the gospel will be preaching to the world for witness to all nations, then the end will come. And whether you're on board or not, it's going to get done. And it's high time that we wake out of our sleep and, be, and begin to, to recognize our calling, understand our gifts, and begin to share the good news of this kingdom coming. Because one day, brother, all this madness will be removed. Satan's authority and his kingdom will be wiped out. And God has a plan for one day, brother. Uh, death will be swallowed up in victory. And he'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive remain should be caught up and will ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so now we need to be spreading this good news because people are hungry and thirsty for it, and we're holding on to it, and we're hoarding it. And he wants us to, to, to scatter the seeds like the leaves of autumn. Yes, amen. Amen. I, very good. But uh, You must be a preacher. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Why do you say that, brother? <laughs> well, I, I felt like I was, in the, uh, I was in the audience. Anyway, you, you've got it absolutely right. You know, people need to quit sinning. They've got to get out of sin. You have to turn away from sin. You know, the Word tells us that once we receive the knowledge of the truth and we continue on in sin, there remains no sacrifice for our sin. So we, and so what is sin? Sin is defined as transgression of the, of the law or the Torah. And so, you know, and that's all New Testament things. I, I didn't even go, have to point to the Torah to tell you that. Back to you. Yes, with the world gone mad, uh, brother, it's high time that we really seriously do some serious introspection. And, uh, you know, any time uh, God uh, began to bring judgment on the world, he would send people in the land and say, get right, get straight, uh, turn away from uh, your worshiping of idols. And there are many in this world. You know, we may not be bowing down to some big fat Buddha. Uh, we may not be, uh, you know, openly uh, sacrificing our children to Molech. But there's sure a lot of abortions going on. Even in church, there's a lot of divorce going on in church. Uh, they say that 50% of the, the marriages in church are going sour. And uh, I talk to people all day long. That's what I do here at the office is talk to uh, broken people that are going through these. Uh, and I, believe me, my eyes have been wide open about the seriousness just of the family unit. Satan is trying to, to destroy two things uh, that I see was created in the Garden of Eden. One is marriage, and the other is to, to uh, destroy the, the Shabbat, 
uh, which uh, call for right. people uh, to to um, the things that were created in the Garden of Eden. Satan wants to take over and destroy. So, uh, well, we gotta and, go. Uh, yeah, okay. You need to give your website and everything. I'd love to talk to you for another two hours, but we're out of time. Okay, but I thank you for the opportunity. Bless you and your ministry, uh, my friend, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, uh, SherwoodProphecy.org, uh, there is a lot of good stuff there, and I'm adding on to it daily, and I'm one of these guys that like to watch and then share with others. So uh, go over there and, and check it out when you can. Okay. Bless you, Steve. Thanks Bless you, for brother. Being on. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, um, that was Steve Henderson. Go over to his, his website, surewordofprophecy.org. Uh, sure um, Check him out. I am serious, though, about the, the radio thing. You know, you, don't, if, uh, you say, well, uh, $1,500, $2,000 sounds like a lot of money for radio. Well, you know, I'm not asking any one specific person to do that. If we, You can send in several donations. Different people can send in different donations. It all adds up. And, you know, we're not a rich ministry. We're not doing it for richness and glory. We're just trying to warn you. And I even told you how we would be able to stay on the air when they start censoring the Internet, and that is coming. But really, you must remember, there is only one God, and he is your father. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. You need to start respecting your father and follow his words, because those words are Yeshua. Remember, the word was made flesh. Yeshua is that word. And so you need to respect those things. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, pray for the peace of America. But Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their heads. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy. American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886 American Voice Radio
Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. Get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Don't make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom
Herb Talk Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here to empower you. That's what we like to do here on Herb Talk. Thanks for joining us on the American Voice Radio Network. We had a great show. Ha! We're going to be talking about an herb that offers some really great advantages and then some pluses, too. Also, uh, we may talk about the hormone disruptors today as well, uh, if we get enough time. And we got a quack report tonight. I promised I would. I, I didn't have one Tuesday night. I know. Boo-hoo. People, I really heard about that. What? No quacker? Well, we got one tonight, and it's really cool. And uh, before we get to all that great stuff, a big salute and semperfy to our righteous men and women in uniform, lifting and open prayers. You know, I'm praying for America. I'm praying for righteous leadership. I'm praying for a godly man to guide this nation. And if it's God's will, it'll be done. But I think if we all hit the knees, seek the Lord's face, and he hears from the multitudes, you know, it could it could persuade the Lord to uh, give America some breathing room. So, you know, bring God back into the schools, right? Get rid of all those things that he hates. So let's pray it up, guys, and mind the time. It grows short. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Thanks, Frank. Okay, first up in the quacker. Um, they say music has healing energy, especially for your plants. Uh, there's, um, uh, let's see, what is this? This is the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. Uh, they did some research on music versus noise to see how it influenced the growth of plants. Uh, they say plants are very complex, multicellular organisms, and uh, they're sensitive, just like humans are. Uh, they're they affected by their surroundings. And so to test these theories, they, um, they had some plants that were growing. And uh, by the way, the, in, the, the conditions were the same, you know, sun, water, temperature, free set. But one set of plants, while they were, you know, germinating, um, they were some were given some beautiful music, um, some ultrasound so, n- noise, you know, so like white noise, and then some were just given just noise. So um, uh, what they found was the the plants that were given musical sound uh, and healing energy sounds, uh, those seeds uh, that were exposed to that music, uh, they germinated faster, and uh, they produced more fruit according to the study, than the other group. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I think, I think in nature, you know, birds singing, you know, that's a, that's a natural music, right? So uh, I, I believe that, you know, some, so, and, you know, plants that grew along uh, highways didn't grow as well, all that, you know, carbon monoxide and all that noise from cars, as opposed to a quieter setting. They also noticed that. Uh, moving along. In the quack report, so, by the way, if you've got a garden out there, you know, maybe, you know, play some very real, classical music's nice, you know, or natural sounds is nice. I've, what I put in my garden is a wind chime. So the wind, and it's just beautiful ding, ding, ding. And um, so I, I think the plants like that. I have big cucumbers coming up. It's great. I had, a, I had to elevate my garden because the rabbits were, you know, I put daisies in my flower bed and, and they ate them all. I got stalks right now. So got to elevate. All right. Move along in the quack report. What your eyes say about you can uh, actually predict disease. According to this, um, 
They say if you have disappearing eyebrows, you know, the outer third of your eyebrows starts to disappear. You know, you're losing hair on your eyebrows, basically. They get really thin. Uh, it could be a sign of a thyroid issue. Hmm. Also, um, if you get a sty in your eye that won't go away, um, it doesn't want to clear up within three months, or it does go away but then comes back in the same location, they say it could be a sign of a rare um, uh, gland carcinoma uh, around the eye. So get that checked. Uh, They say if you get a small blind spot in your vision with some shimmering lights or a wavy line, it could be just a migraine giving you these auras uh, to disrupt your vision, um, and then you could have a headache. Come on. It may be a sign of a headache. Um, also, you already know if you get the whites of your eyes turn yellowish, known as jaundice, uh, newborns get it because of an immature liver function. But if for adults, it could be a liver, gallbladder, or bile duct problem. So get that checked. Um, also, eyes that bulge, uh, it, protruding eyes is a sign of hyperthyroidism. It's an overactive thyroid gland. Also, if you have sudden double vision, dim vision, or loss of vision, could be signs of a stroke. And blurred vision could be a sign of diabetes. So uh, check that out. All right, moving along the crack report. Um, this is about laughter. Uh, laughter can say a lot. Apparently, laughter is a form of communication. It's universally recognized. Um, it's important for us. As humans, uh, even today, our brains are wired. Uh, uh, we're primed to smile or laugh. And, you know, if, if you come across a group of people laughing, the first thing you do is smile. And then you want to say, what's going on? Well, um, laughter is largely involuntary. But um, sometimes you come across somebody that um, uh, has a fake laugh, you know. Well, according to Professor Scott, He's researched this stuff. Uh, He says there's a big difference between real and staged or fake laughter. So when you hear fake laughter, you know, somebody who's deliberately trying to laugh, it promotes more activity in your brain's anterior medial prefrontal cortex. Um, And it it just, it it helps, it ticks off an emotion that you need to be, you know, more cognizant of what's going on here. Uh, you're kind of put on alert, sort of yellow alert, when somebody's faking laughter. Also, psychologist Jack Panksepp, I didn't know this, he says rats, if you tickle them, they laugh. had no idea. Uh, He studied this in the 90s. He had special equipment so you can hear the laughter of the rats. It's very high pitched, so you needed special uh, equipment to hear it. Also, um, they say laughing burns calories. Mm-hmm. They say laughing will raise your energy expenditure and your heart rate. They say about 10 to 20 percent. Um, so you could burn about 10 to 40 percent more calories when you laugh, but that's probably if you're doing it for a solid hour, I would think. And that would probably make your stomach hurt. And uh, let's see, laughter is attractive. They said research by Dr. Provone said that 126 percent more women laugh than men. Uh, so men prefer to be the one prompting the laughter, and uh, women are the recipients. Let's see, last but not least in the quack report, uh, some uh, facts about hugging. Are you a hugger, Frank? Are you a hugger? 
Well, they say uh, Paul Zak, he's a neuro uh, economist. He says that um, he's he's got a nickname, Dr. Love. He said he recommends we get eight hugs a day to be healthier and happier and to have better relationships. Uh, let's see. Oh, Frank, he's not so much of a hugger, he says. Okay. I can take it or leave it. You know, it just depends. It's timing. You know, don't come hug me when I'm busy and I'm focused on something, you know. Um, they say, uh, according to the research by, um, let's see, psychotherapist Virginia Sitar, she says, we need four hugs a day just to survive. Uh, we need eight hugs a day for basic maintenance and 12 hugs a day for growth. Uh, so um, there's this hug threshold, apparently. Didn't know that. Helps with your oxycotin in your brain. It releases um, some, um, neuro, uh, you know, your, your psychomotor um, muscular uh, gets pinged. Uh, pituitary gland gets a ping. Hormones pinged when you get a hug, she says. So she says a very basic key expression. It's a simple act. Um, uh, of course, it's a bonding gesture, of course, especially with kids. Uh, and it's essential for physical and emotional health. So she says, you know, hug your pets, too. Pets need a hug. And you feel good giving your pets a hug. So a 20-second hug, um, great. They, and she says, uh, uh Married people should hug and hold hands for about 10 minutes. Reduces negative uh, effects of stress, brings down the blood pressure, that kind of thing. And your skin reacts. There's a lot of neurotransmitters that also get pinged. So hugging is a good thing. Let's go out there and hug somebody. Somebody we know. Somebody safe. Don't go crazy. And that wraps the quack report. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Alrighty. My mom was a hugger. She liked hugs. She liked the big bear kind, you know, where you feel like, I breathe, I can't breathe, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. All right. Um, we're going to talk about some herbs that offer great advantage and some other things. Okay. So, you know, if we considered uh, that the principle of health are always the same from millennia to millennia, then the healing benefits of medicinal herbs will also be consistent and continue. You know, I was once asked um, about my herb book, The Power Herbs, that, it, you know, I wrote that back in 2000, and the person suggested that it's out of date. And I disagreed with the woman. I said, I told her, hey, yeah, the benefits, the medicinal benefits of herbs will never be out of date. If these herbs healed people 2,000 years ago, they can still heal people today and beyond. So it is a health source that's constant, never changing, like our creator, right? So the more people go to the doctor for the following, more people are going to the doctor for the following reasons, um, depression, hypertension, ulcers, headaches, stress, and anxiety. So these problems and more can be avoided when we follow some very simple principles for health. Okay, so let's look at some principles because we all know what the health principles are, yet few people adequately follow them. Okay, they are healthy diet, regular exercise, more water, less caffeine, less sugar, less alcohol, avoid drugs, and learn how to relax 
you know, get some adequate sleep and also think positive, which, you know, I think requires a close prayer life with the Lord to um, be able to truly relax and think positive. So the health industry, on the other hand, you know, they feel that healthy principles involve health care coverage for everybody. Uh, They are kind of the the after-the-fact bunch, you know, who manage instead of prevent disease. They're sort of like the police who don't necessarily prevent crime, but instead process crime scene, you know. Well, let's look at prayer as one of the basic principles for health, because it is. I don't think you hear this much, but I'm going to talk about it. Science really has conducted research on the power of prayer, and they have a limited idea why prayer helps people heal faster, have lower blood pressure, and less mental illness. So we are promised by God that a close relationship with him delivers blessings, and one of them is a sound mind. So in 2013, the Pew Research Poll found that more, that more than 50% of Americans pray daily and 75% feel that prayer was a very important element for good, a good life. So science was intrigued at the notion that praying can improve your life and they wanted to somehow measure the tangible effects of prayer. Can you can you wrap your brain around that a minute? Yeah, they want to they want to they want to see it to believe it, you know. So scientists reported uh, on their findings testing this in Psychology Today in 2014. They reported on five elements. Okay, number one was self control. They said they found that people who pray have more control over life's situations. They concluded that it was a behavior that took practice, and the more it was practiced, the better off the individual became. So subjects were less likely to be mentally exhausted and lose their temper or engage in behaviors which create dependency like, you know, food addictions, tobacco, alcohol, and drugs. So astonished researchers found that participants that prayed prior to a challenging task were more energized and successful in completing it. Okay. They were amazed. All right. Number two was they found improved demeanor. Uh, that researchers also discovered that those who prayed also were nicer to deal with. Uh, they had less arrogance, aggression, and anger. Okay. Number three, they were more forgiving. They said those who prayed were also willing to forgive and pray for those who needed prayer or who offended them. Yeah, kind of the example we were given by Jesus, right? All right, let's see. Um, number, let's see, one, two, three, four. We're at four. They say prayer increases trust. They said the study also showed that praying or praying with someone increased trust and unity. They concluded that prayer brings people closer together. Well, that old adage that the family that prays together stays together, guess what? Just scientifically proven. All right, and lastly, the last one was prayer affects your health. They said that the team 
uh, was also determined that people who, or they also determined that people who prayed were not as likely to have negative emotions to impact their health. So the individuals who pray have less stress, which is one of the major risk factors with regards to disease. So they also found that those who prayed were also less stressed financially. And these are all measurable benefits of having faith. (laughs) Well, in the uh, University of Rochester study, they found that more than 85% of people pray when faced with an illness, right? When they're faced with an illness themselves or someone that they cared about was ill. So this seems to make prayer the most widespread alternative therapy in America or the world, really. Think about that. The most widespread natural alternative therapy, prayer. Mm, I like it. Well, let's talk about the relaxation response because vascular cardiologist Dr. Herbert Benson of Harvard Medical School has researched numerous double-blind studies regarding the influence of prayer on health. And what he concluded is that there is a strong connection between the mind and body and that prayer produces what he calls the relaxation response. So he reports that during prayer, the mind and body relax and the metabolism slows down. The heart rate decreases, blood pressure decreases, and breathing slows and becomes consistent and calm. He also reported that our brain waves also correlate with the slower metabolism, and they also slow down, also offering a person a feeling of control, yet alert, and with a peaceful mind. So control, peacefulness, and alertness, all with that. Wow. So according to Dr. Benson, it's kind of hard to freak out when you're in prayer with the Lord. Yeah. So when you're having a panic attack, guess what? It's time to pray. All right, so um, we're going to put our minds to it here because there is a lot to be said for the power of mind over matter. So according to Dr. Andrew Newberg, he's director of the Center for Spirituality and, uh, and Mind at the University of Pennsylvania. He said, your brain has healing power. Uh, Dr. Newberg went to Tibet and he studied the health effects of prayer and mediation of the Franciscan nuns and the Tibetan Buddhists. His research showed that there was a decrease in activity in certain parts of the brain when someone was engaged in prayer. So he says the part of the brain this occurred in was the area where we have an awareness of self. So while uh, this was happening, he said there's also an increase in dopamine levels which are involved in feelings of well-being and joy. So putting this information to the test, Dr. Kenneth uh, Pragament, professor of psychology at Bowling Green State University in Ohio, what he did is he took headache patients, separated them into two groups. One group was instructed to pray and say frequently that God is good, God is peace, God is love. The other group, was instructed to use non-spiritual chanting such as grass is green and sand is soft. So um, those who prayed and spoke of God's goodness had fewer headaches and were able to tolerate pain better 
than the other group. Mind over matter. But here's the question scientists said, yeah, but does it last, right? The next question the scientists asked was, if the health benefits of praying were temporary. Yeah, are they temporary? Well, the National Institutes of Health set out to answer that question. What they found is that after individuals prayed, the health benefits continued. Specifically, those who pray regularly reduced their risk of hypertension by 40%. The research team at Dartmouth Medical School reported that heart patients undergoing heart surgery and pray improved their chances of making a recovery by threefold. And in 2011, the University of Cincinnati reported that asthma patients who pray have fewer and less severe asthma attacks compared to those who do not pray. And the Journal of Geriology reported that out of 4,000 senior citizens in the Durham, North Carolina study, they found that those who pray seem to cope better with illness and lived longer than those who did not pray. So scientific research has also stated that prayer improves immune system response and reduces or lessens the severity of many illnesses. They may not understand how that's working, but... And that's what they're asking. How is this working? So scientists and doctors still want answers on how prayer is benefiting patients. They want to know specifically what mechanisms are being activated by prayer to produce the benefits. So going back to cardiologist Dr. Herbert Benson, he also wanted to document the physiological mechanisms prayer seems to impact. So he reports that when we engage in long-term regular prayer, we deactivate the genes which trigger inflammation and which encourage cell death. Wow. So he and others were astonished that the mind can influence gene expression and thus impact physical functions science wishes it could control. Check that out. You can slow down the aging process just by praying. Woohoo! Science just said that, not me. I just reporting on it. Well, here's the thing, though. Prayer really isn't a technique. Uh, one thing is for certain, prayer is not a technique to be implemented just when we want something or for the sole purpose of better health. So prayer really is an intimate relationship of trust with God. Who knows if you are just giving lip service and your heart isn't, isn't close, it's far from him, okay? So the Bible actually instructs us that if the wicked can give good gifts to their children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to the faithful? That's in Matthew 7, verse 11. So another thing to understand is that God has servants, not slaves. Slaves receive no payment, but God's servants receive his rewards. So science is really never going to be able to measure the vastness of God's rewards to the faithful. And what they have seen really is just the beginning. You know, peace, well-being, sound mind, better health. There's a whole lot more. Just imagine that. Just imagine that. I know. I'm wrapping my brain around the science part of prayer. And uh, 
you know, I just took it for granted. Prayer was a benefit, and I just, you know, do it every day. I can't miss prayer. I feel off if I, if I don't get to pray. You know, it's one of the things I look forward to. It's um, a relationship you nurture, you know, because if you have a friend, you see them often, you know their likes and dislikes and so forth. So when you spend time with the Lord, same thing. There, there's a bond, there's a trust, there's a relationship there. And so if you don't have one of those, man, you need one because life is so much better with it. You know, it's like the day is not complete until you have a conversation with God. That's right. You will be amazed. Put him first. You know, start your day out with him. And you'll just see marvelous things occurring. Marvelous things. Oh, I can see by the clock i got to take a break. But, you know, when we come back, I'm going to get to that herb that offers that great advantage. Just think, herbs plus prayer, what you can do. Right? I need somebody. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. When I was younger, so much younger than today. I never needed anybody's help in any way. Now, now these days are gone and I'm not so selfish. Now I find a change of mind. I'll open up the door. life into the original medicine herbalist wendy wilson will be right back the ancient greeks thought thyme herb provided strength indeed the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Three six six three International seven zero four eight seven five eight zero one zero or online at thepowerherbs.com. 007, your assignment is to find out what herb secrets herbalist Wendy Wilson has on Herb Talk Live. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. 
Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom herb with great advantages you know we were talking about the advantages that science now is trying to prove to themselves that prayer has you know the almighty god above you know you can't have a creation without a creator and you know that's pretty basic but you know the scientific mind has trouble with that but god has provided the medicinal herbs and foods for our health so one particular herb that you don't often see offered as a supplement in stores and you definitely won't find overseas is lobelia. So the reason is this herb has a lot of power to it. So God created this herb with 16 alkaloids, which is a lot for an herb. So the beauty of this herb is that it offers a purging of toxins while it protects you from using too much of it. So there are these safety alkaloids in this herb, making it impossible for you to overdose on it. So the ancients used this herb, and it wasn't really discovered by modern herbalists until the 1700s. So the herbalist to put this herb in the spotlight was Samuel Thompson, 
who, you know, by some was regarded as a quack in his day. So he said in his writings that he discovered the herb when he was about eight years old, but he really didn't think about it again until he was 20 years later when he gave it to a man that he was working with. So the co-worker said after eating the herb, he sweated out a lot of toxins and felt never better. So after that, Thompson used the plant, took another look at it, and uh, he was using it more often and recorded a lot of its health benefits. So he, what he did is he wound up using the lobelia herb along with cayenne, those just two herbs right there, to heal over a million American colonists. So the, the Native American Indians used uh, of the United States used the lobelia herb, but they called it Indian tobacco, but it, it's not a part of the tobacco plant species, okay? Uh, so it has other common names like asthma weed, wild tobacco, bladder pod, emetic weed, but today it's known as lobelia inflata, okay? And the reason it's called inflata is because when you... Um, uh, you know, put it in with a liquid, whether it's water or you're aging it in a catalyst, it kind of puffs up. It kind of swells up, and they call it inflata. It inflates, okay? Um, here's, here's a quote from Samuel Thompson out of the narrative of the life of Samuel Thompson in 1814. He says this, There is no vegetable which the earth produces more harmless in its effects on the human system and none more powerful in removing disease and promoting health than lobelia. So how does it work? Well, lobelia can be used as a tea, a dried herb, or a tincture. But I personally, uh, I think it works better if it's a tincture. Um, the added benefit is, you know, you can control the dose easily. So we all have different tolerance thresholds and um, tolerance levels, and, you know, herbal liquids offer that uh, control where you can, um, you know, use a little more or a little less depending on your needs. So you get the power of adjusting that dose a little better. So if, if you're going to use a tincture of lobelia, it has to be aged in two catalysts in order to grab all 16 alkaloids for it to work properly. So be aware of that, which is probably why... You don't see it in stores much because there's, it's just more to deal with when you want to make a, an herbal tincture out of it. So a lot of companies just don't bother. So um, if, if you're going to use Lobelia, though, be aware it has a distinct signature taste. Okay, so it'll give this prickly sensation in the back of your throat for a few seconds, but it goes away quickly. Um, and this is how you know you got a really good quality Lobelia. So most products, if they list Lobelia, will either have too little or no, or no lobelia at all in them because people don't even feel that sensation. So what Samuel Thompson and many of the other herbalists after him learned is that lobelia is very beneficial for the following. It's good for muscle tension or spasms, uh, removes the spasm, the tension from the muscle. It's good for fluid retention, uh, congestion, uh, it's a relaxant in large doses, but a stimulant in small doses. It also inhibits venom and is a counter-irritant, works like an emetic in very large doses, sort of like syrup ipecac if somebody poisoned themselves. Also works like a diuretic if there is a fluid imbalance. So Thompson and other natural physicians have raved 
about the virtues of lobelia as one of the greatest herbs God has provided. Let me read you a quote by Dr. Jacob Bigelow, University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, PA, also the professor of Harvard Medical School in 1817. Now, his specialty back then was he studied narcotics, okay? And this is what he has to say about lobelia. He says, lobelia inflata is a valuable, a safe, and sufficiently gentle herb of medicine, and I think the time will come when it will be much better appreciated, end of quote. Well, it wasn't appreciated then, and it's not so much appreciated now. And the reason is because it's got power. It puts power in your hands. It's what we call the thinking herb in herbalist realms. Um, one of the reasons lobelia is, has so many alkaloids is that it reads the chemical need of your body and provides that nutrition it needs. So it functions like a, a general corrector in your system, kind of balances things, which is why it is felt immediately working when you take it. So it assists the flow of oxygen through the body and oxygenates your tissue real quickly, which is probably why it's often given when heart attack symptoms arise. Uh, also, it works so well without toxicity that it's been an herb you know, that tends to threaten the allopathic practitioner, okay? So since there is really no way to overdose on it, medical doctors had to disclaim its many benefits. Now, in the 1800s, it was often dripped into the openings of clenched teeth to reverse lockjaw. It would would relax the tension in the jaw muscle. So lobelia works well with cayenne and peppermint herbs as well. So um, you have solutions here. You have the power already. It's right under your nose. Uh, You have solutions for everyday problems. God made sure you had that. And it would seem that God has really placed at our disposal powerful medicinal herbs to help us with the illnesses most people are going to see their doctor for, you know, depression, hypertension, ulcers, headaches, stress, anxiety. So if we also pray, you know what, I believe the medicinal herbs work even better. I think they work better in believers. Oh, did she just say that? Yeah, I did. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't they work better in believers? Well, God created everything. So if you are looking for organic whole food medicinal herbs, call Apothecary Herbs. They have the formulas for the depression, the blood pressure, the headaches, the anxiety, and more. And you want to check out maybe their heart attack pack. It has the lobelia formula inside. They also have a relaxation formula with lobelia in it. So give them a call to order or to request your free product catalog. That number is toll-free at 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. If you're outside the U.S., the number is 704-885-0277. Or visit them online at thepowerherbs.com, thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. Hey, take advantage of their Father's Day special, and you'll save an additional 15% on orders of $65 or more. And you want to hurry, though, because that that special offer is good only through the 20th. So Monday the 20th is the last day uh, if you want to take advantage of the Father's Day special. So if you want, you know, some of their headache formulas, um, if you want some of the cleanses or... 
uh, some of the body care products, or even herbs for pets. They got some great stuff there for your pet too. Um, give them a call or, or check out their website, thepowerherbs.com. You know, because if you're serious about herbs, you need apothecary herbs. Mm. All right, we have a few minutes here, and uh, we're going to be talking about. I don't think I have time for my disruptor topic. It's my disruptor topic is massive. So I, w- I couldn't do it justice, I don't think. We're going to have to reserve that for next time. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to check out getting old. How old is getting old? You know, you know, as the age of the population increases, many experts in health and finance wonder how it will be possible to care for so many aging people. Now, Japan is said to have the highest concentration of elderly, a quarter of the population, that's 31.86 million oldest. So a study of aging, not new, but scientific term is geriology, which comes from the Greek meaning study of the old man. Geriontology, I mispronounced that, geriontology. So we also actually get the term geriatrics from that, by the way. So the concept of gerontology incorporates several fields. It incorporates biology, medicine, sociology, psychiatry, and so on. So is the answer to our aging population more social? Do we need more social programs? And why are the social programs that are already in place not enough? Um, And how do we define old age, and do we individually have any power to slow the aging process and stay healthier? Yes, we do. We can pray. That's one way, right? Those gene gene receptors, you know, just slow that aging process down. So let's find out about defining old. According to biologists, defining old age, not easy. There are general references to describe the elderly. We talk about the final stage of their lifespan, or we call them retired or senior citizens. But there is more to it than your birth date and whether you're employed or not. So cultures can have several different qualifying characteristics of being old. Biologists are not even in agreement as to the biological cause of aging. It is speculated that lifespan is already dictated in our genes or blood or other experts are suggesting that the lifespan is influenced more by your lifestyle or probably everything I just said. So if we look at the lifestyle, um, you know, and the cultural studies, if we look at that, a lot of that indicates that lifestyle does affect not only the severity of certain diseases like cancer, diabetes, and heart disease, but also our longevity. So can old age be defined by a number? Well, the Western countries seem to have a starting range of old age. It begins at 65, your typical retirement age, the qualification of you know, certain programs like Social Security and so on. However, other countries may define old age as starting in the mid-40s to 70 years of age. So history tells us in the medieval Europe, the average lifespan was 30 years. So I guess you were old at 15, 20. Um, Today's standards, a 30-year-old would be considered in their prime. 
So with modern conveniences and better hygiene, the life expectancy has improved. So scientists are, are boiling down old age to genetics and physiological conditions like cognitive function and if you have any chronic ailments. And medical care is not getting less expensive. Um, and that's another indicator that they're using to determine if you're old or not, is how much um, you're spending on your medical expenses. Now, technology advancements may offer medical advancements to help the elderly, but it also is a double-edged sword that can you know, reduce the status of the elderly in society when they don't keep up with the technology. They're not oriented with a technological world. So this can outstrip the elderly of things like employment opportunities and threaten their retirement. And financial uh, preparation for retirement has also become increasingly more challenging as uh, we have a modern world. The nucleus of the family has been under attack in modern times, and it has changed the identity and the function of the family. It's changed the family landscape. So a mere 100 years ago, a family unit contained several generations living nearby to each other, close proximity, which, you know, I've mentioned this on the show, um, it helps people live longer. It improves longevity. It's called, uh, I did a show called The Blue Zone. If you missed it, go to the archives and listen because they said that's one of the correlations for living. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so a mere 100 years ago, we had generations of family all living in close proximity. But today, modern family is kind of spread out, leaves older family members more isolated. So the older we get, the less likely we are to pull up roots and move. And, you know, and that's the way it is. You know, a lot of times when you get old, you just don't want to have that change. It's a big shock to move. Um, let me give you an example. Um, when my grandparents were alive, they would... Uh, they would vacation in Florida in the winter. They were called the snowbirds. You know, they come down from the north and they go to Florida. In the cold weather months, Florida was where it was at. So they'd go down there, and they had um, this very nice, you know, senior citizen community where they all lived. Um, you know, some people were there year-round, but a lot of them were snowbirds. And they'd, you know, play card games and bingo and socialize and get in the pool and do aerobics and things like that, swim aerobics. And they just had a real cool social network uh, in their, you know, little senior citizen um, kibbutz, if you will, okay? And what happened was the owner of the property where all these elderly people were vacationing and living in the winter, um, he, he died, and it went to his son, and his son sold the property to a developer because this property was right on the intercoastal waterway, so it was prime real estate. So he sold it, and then he had to dismantle this community. And and these elderly folks had to move, you know. They had to just up physically move. And um, some of them had no family, and they had to do it themselves. Some of them had family. But the point was that a majority of them, when they did get relocated, they died. 
the move was so disrupting and upsetting. Um, it just, it just was too, too much of a shock for them. You know, they lost their nucleus, you know, and, um, and they, and they felt uh, they didn't matter anymore. So having family close by is real important. Now, modern technology has made the family unit more mobile and dispersed. Um, you know, most people got Facebook. You keep in touch that way. If you don't have a Facebook, what do you do? Um, the most that aging parents can hope for these days is to live within a one- or two-hour drive of their children. So a niche market is really uh, uh, coming up. It's springing up to fill the gap Those assisted living home centers. And the expectations of retirement living are changing quickly to more of an industrialized society. So the 45-year-olds will have a very different retirement for those retiring today. It's going to change. So the quality of life and the role that they will play in society is uh, being redefined. It really is. So lately, research has indicated that life expectancy may be linked to blood. Red blood cells carry oxygen. White blood cells defend us as part of the immune system response. And the white blood cells also have something extra, and it's called a nuclei. There are about 5 million red blood cells for every half a cup of blood, and they have a lifespan of about 120 days. There are 3,000 to 7,000 white blood cells per half a cup of blood, and their lifespan is two, two days to two years, depending on the type of cell. So red blood cells have the same shape. They're round. They look like a shallow bowl. White blood cells have different shapes, which depend on their function because, you know, it's the immune system response. They have adaptogen cells. They have killer T cells. So there's different cells. Now, according to research in the New Scientist and Medical Daily, scientists think that they are honing in on the secret to longevity. They say that they uh, turn their attention to the tissue and blood and more specifically, the white blood stem cells. And they think that when these cells exhaust themselves and can't be replicated, this is when we meet our maker. And this is why science is so intent on stem cell research in their hopes of fooling creation to fend off death indefinitely. So science wants to do more than just control when people die. They want to abolish disease altogether. And if they can establish a way to replenish the stem cells and the ends of these uh, cells called telomeres, then they think they can promote disease-free life for like ever. It's like a holy grail. However, stem cells and telomeres require healthy DNA, and lately human DNA is under attack by a lot of toxins. You got the genetically modified nutrients, not really nutrients, but you know what I'm talking about, host of other substances that are mutating our cells, changing the whole ball of wax, the game is being changed. So you have to keep in mind what science achieves in the lab may not work in the field, okay? It's theory at best. Uh, so I'm not one to, you know, wait around for science or the government to you know, discover the answers for a better life, better health. I want better health right now, and everyone does want empowerment. So research is pointing to blood for longevity and health, and that makes a lot of sense. Healthy bones make healthy blood, so protecting the bones will be an extremely important goal of yours. Now, I like to use calcium-rich plants, not from animals, but from plants, because it's easier for the system to use it. 
So our bodies like to absorb calcium for strong, healthy bones, but it needs boron and magnesium in the right ratio for that. And your plants have that, whereas animal calcium does not. So animal calcium lacks the minerals that are necessary for the body to absorb and utilize that calcium properly. So this is why we still have osteoporosis problems. But everybody's drinking themselves to death with milk and cheese and yogurt and ice cream and so forth. You would think we all had rock-solid bones by now. Well, um, if you're looking for a way to help the blood, um, the bones, keep them healthy to make good blood, use the calcium formula at Apothecary Herbs. If you're worried about the blood not being clean enough, do the blood cleanse. Uh, So you've got tools. And, of course, you want to make sure your lifestyle is healthy. You don't want to recongest the system. So watch the lifestyle. So give the folks at Apothecary Herbs a call. They can send you a free product catalog. That number is toll-free at 866-229-3663. 866-229-3663. If you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277. Uh, I'm sorry, 704-885-0277, thepowerherbs.com. And, uh, you know, get empowered. Right? Oh, if you're on the website, uh, thepowerherbs.com, if you're on the website, do sign up for the newsletters. Um, the American Survival goes out on Tuesday, and the Health Quest goes out on Friday. So if you want a Health Quest, sign up. Uh, if you have emails, it's delivered by email, so you can get one tomorrow. And uh, it's empowering information. You can pass it on to family and friends and, um, you know, share the empowerment. You know, very cool stuff. And they're free. Yeah, the newsletters are free. So check it out online at thepowerherbs.com. Uh, if you want to pick up a Power Herbs ebook, also delivered by email, and is, there's three different formats. There's uh, PDF, iPad, Kindle. Uh, so that's on the powerherbs.com website, too, under books and newsletters. So check that out. But be careful to select on the dropdown which format you want. Uh, the default is PDF, so um, I don't know how many people have said, you know, I got the PDF and I wanted the iPad or I wanted the Kindle, and I'm like, you didn't hit the drop down and select. Ah, so uh, p- pay attention when you're reading up there, please, please. And uh, the PowerHerbs.com, get a Power Herbs book, and yes, be empowered. That's what it's about. Yeah, and don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. Mind over matter. Love that stuff. You'll, be, you'll just make your day so much better. Seek the Lord's face, mind time. It's grown short. Oh, I'm out of time. I got to go. Already, Frank? Oh, you're a killjoy. All right. Well, I'll be back next week. If you have a health topic you want me to cover, drop me an email. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. Seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm your herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Till next time, be well.
Space Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.